Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone, ready to play right now. Listen in the Black Cast. <laughs> the eyes of the bluest skies as if they thought of rain i'd hate to look into those eyes and see an ounce of pain you know her hair reminds me of a warm safe place where as a child i'd hide i'd pray for the thunder and the rain to quietly pass me by welcome to a very special installment talking the big movie of the thunder that's right the thunderous summer of 2022, the one and only Thor, Love and Thunder. I still hate the title, but as always, I'm Christian Blatt. Joined by hashtag bro Thor forever, Count Eric Connor. Hello, sir. Thank you for joining me. Uh, absolute pleasure. And thank you for almost serenading me with some Guns N' Roses. I I, I don't know why you just didn't sing it, though. I, I'm, I mean... I'm not familiar with that band, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. In any case, uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, not just on this show, but uh, you and I saw this movie like a whole week ago. By the time people see this, we saw it a week and a half ago. You can hate us. That's fine. Um, but uh, this is the first time where you were actually able to join me for one of these press screenings that I sort of hold over the heads of everybody who is a regular on Marvel. All Marvel your Talk, minions. Except, except for Mike. Well, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, all of my gentle minions who go to see the minions movie well dressed, uh, of course. But uh, this was one, and they keep having them mostly in Century City. Don't want to get down into the uh, geography of it, but it's not close because you teach right until 630. I was like, this one's in Burbank. Let's do it. Uh, parking became more stressful than I wanted it to be. Getting snacks <laughs> became more stressful than I wanted it to be. But the movie in and of itself, I found to be very fun. I have questions about it. I have concerns about it. But Let's just start, as always, big picture, Eric Connor. What did you think of Thor, Love, and Thunder? First of all, not enough Guns N' Roses is what I dare say. Christian, Perhaps I, that will be a topic in a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, it's funny. It's like, it's hard to capture Thor Ragnarok's sort of magic twice. It really is. I mean, because... So much of what made Thor Ragnarok work was surprising, the surprise of it all. That all of a sudden you take this character who, I mean, though the character himself tended to always have a little bit of a glint in his eye, a little bit of yeah, a little bit of wanderlust and, and trouble a brewing, but they tended to surround him with rather sort of serious elements of the Thor mythology. And then Taika Waititi came on board and said, of course, hold my drink and went to town and revitalized the character, the franchise, it's hard to do that twice. It comes close. It's really fun. It's funny. Um, I, 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 not to be confused with Pilly Crystal, who once famously said, once famously said, that's not fun. That's not funny. This was both. <laughs> that's this not fun. fun that's not funny. Yeah, that's he did funny. say that. That's absolutely you Take that true. back to your boss and shove it up his blank. Uh, <laughs> this was fun and funny. Was it as fun and funny? In Ragnarok? I don't know. Why does everything have to be a competition? Damn it, Christian. It, it's not. And uh, I found it to be more fun 
and more funny than uh, Multiverse of Madness, which uh, was, you know, there was <laughs> yeah. a lot of weight to that. I, I enjoyed that. Funnier movie. than the Eternals, I, I will also say. There were more laughs than the Eternals. But you see, you're making a great point because, pun intended, getting lightning to strike twice is very difficult. Getting another Thor Ragnarok would be very difficult. But the other side of that coin, it would be nay impossible to have the lightning and the thunder of Thor the Dark World ever strike again either. So odds were going in, this was not going to be the worst Thor movie. I like the first Thor movie. I think the first Thor movie is too. fun. Yeah, yeah. Some people, no, totally. uh, I've, I've found it to be a little bit maligned as the years have gone by, but I, I thought that they got the tone of the character correct right from the get-go, and that's important because it is very difficult to do Thor. If you don't do Thor right, you do get the Dark World. And uh, I feel like in the Avengers movies and in Ragnarok in particular, I think that they really got the right tone for him, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the first one, the Kenneth Branagh, the first one I thought was great. You know, I think that the, they did a great job in that. So, yeah, I, I do have, as I mentioned, I was wondering, like, this is definitely a movie, one of those, like, ah, just sit back, you know? Uh, they, as it says in the, in the lyrics to the theme song for Mystery Science Theater 3000, repeat to yourself, it's just a show and go, you know, it might as well relax. And in a lot of ways, I was like, this is just a movie. This is a comic book movie. Should I really think too much about this? Except for the one thing that, you know, it bothered me about the movie, but we'll, we're, we're saving that. This is more consequential. But, uh, uh, and and I was like, is this is this the best story in the MCU in the last year? Even no, but some some great laughs, some wonderful performances. Uh, you know, I forgot Russell Crowe was in this movie until we saw him. Oh, I just didn't yeah. remember. You know, they, they I, haven't been marketing him. Yeah, which so. they should, by the way, for like yeah. you know, sort of week two. I think that they should really yeah, lean on fun. Russell Crowe. He was great. Uh, first you look at him and you go like, God, what happened? You know, he, he took that song that he did in the Les Mis movie worse than the rest of us did, you know, <laughs> it was a very stressful time for all, for all Russ, but it looks um, like he was the insider at hometown buffet. <laughs> but I thought that, uh, although let's be honest for Zeus, it would only be the golden corral. Ye old golden corral. Uh, that's the only place he would he would buffet. But I thought that uh, you know the cast was great. I, I'm so glad we had Valkyrie back. I always liked her. Uh, you know when we'd gotten to see her, uh, it would have been lacking if we didn't have Korg. <laughs> you know, he was a tour de force in this. I think uh, this was you know if if there are if there are special awards for rock characters. Uh, I hope that uh, he gets a nomination in 2022. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, it was great. You know, sort of the, the kids that he interacted with, with uh, led to some funny moments. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't I I am wondering. I texted uh, my friend Zia, who fans of the show know. And uh, I was like, you're going to have to tell me because I know if this isn't good, you're going to be able to sniff it out really quickly. And uh, I like, do I, do I just grade on such a curve for Marvel that, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that I had a friend who walked out of multiverse of madness. I'm like, what? I saw it twice in the theater. So I don't, um, 
I don't know. So I try to take a step back is, you know, are there weaknesses in this film that you think uh, could have been easily fixed? You you know, I think when you hire Taika Waititi, you're going to get, you know, what you you sort of know what you're going to get, but you also, I I, I dare say, know what you're not going to get. Yeah. Because like, just like with Ragnarok, he, there's not much precision to his action scenes. You know, so they're kind of bombastic, like his music choice, which we like Shaggy, like Shaggy, (laughs) Mr. Bombastic, of course. Uh, So the action scenes, you know, think about what they did just last year with Shang-Chi, you know, that one scene on the bus, which is kind of a high watermark right now for action in Marvel films and TV shows. And then, you know, you get some really kind of wholly original kind of moments in Doctor Strange, the scene of them falling from dimension through dimensions aplenty. And then here the action, um, it's fine. It's not Michael Bay headache, seizure, madness, malaria, STD inducing, but rather it, it is more just like, you know, kind of like fingers up, bashing your head along to it. It's fine on that end, but there could have been a bit more to that. There, you know, so, some of those moments feel like almost like Taika Waititi is he's like the opposite <clears throat> of so many filmmakers where he's like going through the set pieces quickly to get to the fun stuff between as opposed to a lot of Hollywood directors who are kind of all about the set pieces. It's kind of refreshing, to be honest, that the yeah. action scenes are sort of the scenes that don't stick. Rather, it's all these other moments like you mentioned our favorite rock monster narrowly uh, defeating the rock biter of never ending story. You know, this is a, a, <laughs> yeah. a creature that has so much, so much humor to it with while doing so very little, which is also kind of fun. Like he's, he, he doesn't really, he doesn't really battle. He doesn't fight. He just kind of hangs along. He's like the norm of from cheers of this movie. And yet every time you see him, you're thrilled to see him. Yeah, no, I, and I think that uh, it, it's look, it's the fourth Thor movie, and we've also seen him in a number of other, you know, Avengers and other related movies. So, you know, in a lot of ways, movie four, it's sort of like tuning into a show that you really like. You know, it's like this is like the season premiere of, of Thor season four. Right, right, right. How many shows are season four the greatest season of all? There's, there's, I'm sure you can come up with something, you know, like. The uh, I would say the Simpsons probably improved on season three with season four, but season look, four might have been on Seinfeld. Did that might be, but look, there are very few where you can say that. So it's very familiar, and a lot of times with sequels, some even when they're not the best, which I, I did enjoy this one, I had a lot of fun with it. A lot of times it's like, you know, it's fun to just visit with my friends again. And right. like something like Star Wars The Force Awakens, boy, a big selling point of that is like, hey, do you want to hang out with some of your friends? We'll meet some new ones, but you really want to come see your friends, don't you? And right. I was like, yes, please. I sure do. You know? And I think that, uh, y- you know, it's, it, it, it's, it, there's, it's not really groundbreaking. There's not much new to this. Um, but I think that, and I know you mentioned this uh, when we spoke about the movie, not on air, but this movie did have a surprising amount of heart and character to Thor. And I didn't need that but I was glad we got it. You know, I think that's really the difference in this movie uh, as to some of the others, you know, because from the time he mentioned 
in Ragnarok that he broke up with Jane, you could tell it really pained him that because I'm going to guess that probably a woman had never left him in the what thousand or some odd years that he'd been right, alive, right, right, right. you know, and this was the one that <clears throat> did. And like, she left me a note. She wasn't even there. So I thought that, uh, you know, there w- it, it was like an MCU 500 days of summer in a, in a way, kind of seeing, <laughs> you know, some of the flashbacks to them. Like, right. Oh, yeah, they had good times. Well, I guess it's not always good times when you have to run off and save the galaxy and whatnot. But no so, hollow notes, unfortunately. I, that that would have been a nice addition. To, to have uh, uh, make my, my dreams, dreams come, come true. true. Yeah. And it would have actually worked pretty well. In it would have worked really well. <laughs> You know, well, it's a good point, too, because the opening is actually, I mean, this is, you know, spoilers like, yeah. Yeah, I I should mention that we haven't really leaned into the the fact that we're talking spoilers. But this conversation, if you're joining us now or if you've been watching for these 12 minutes or listening for these 12 minutes, we are going to talk about all the spoilers in the movie. We've sort of talked in general terms. We are now going to go into everything spoilery. So if you haven't seen the movie yet. I would suggest you uh, just pause, go see the movie and then come back and then unpause. Uh, but I also know that sometimes there's people that they don't worry about the spoilers. They kind of want to hear a conversation like this to help them decide if they want to see it. Just know we're not going to hold back. And we will talk about that the entire time Chris Hemsworth was Kaiser Soze. We will talk about the fact that the whole time Bruce Willis was dead. We're going to talk Anyway. Uh, so yes, uh, now that we have uh, you know put that out there, what were you going to say, spoiler wise? Well, the opening scene. I mean, the opening scene is so unbelievably bleak. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like to the point where we're watching this, you're like, wait, are we in the right film? <laughs> you know, like it starts to look like any number of other Christian Bale dramas, like Rescue Dawn. If you ever saw that one, I actually uh, haven't seen that one, but great. Uh, great well, it was a Werner Herzog film. Oh, um, I do. I, I do like him. I especially yeah. like him in The Mandalorian, but. Uh... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just improved all his lines in that, I think. Uh, um, yeah. He didn't even know they were filming. But um, no, you're right. I mean, it starts and you're like, oh, this is a Marvel I mean, movie. But within five minutes, a, a, a adorable little girl dies. Yeah. And and then it gets a little weird when. Uh, <laughs> When 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 uh, Christian Bale's character <laughs> meets the gods, and they're all like, you know, the gods seem like they're like, I don't know, leftover from like a fraternity party that just happened. And, yeah. And but the idea of like, you know, Gore is like kind of like, all right, I prayed to you, you didn't help my daughter, you didn't even care, to yeah. even cry. It's not like it's not like they even say, hey, listen, I'm busy which was always a good excuse for God to give when you pray and you don't get any of this stuff. And yet instead they're just like mocking him after his daughter just died. So you're kind of rooting for him to kill the gods. But then when you start going after all gods, you're like, all right, dude, take it back a peg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the one that wronged you. I think we were on your side and then you lost us. Right. Uh, right, right. But yeah. And I I thought that, uh, yeah, I think that uh, sort of that, I, and look, I like that the the big bad in this movie is not part of, you know, phase four and a half, you know, and setting up, you know, six movies from now. This is just I like that this is a standalone movie. Of course, it's interconnected in some ways, but it isn't you know, I don't need to always advance what's coming next. You know, and I think that some people were upset that uh, Multiverse of Madness didn't do enough 
to bring us into the future. I'm like, ah, that's what the TV shows are for. Isn't it really, you know? So yeah. I was uh, perfectly all right with that. And uh, uh, you know, for the, for, like I said, for the most part, it was fun. And I, I, you know, you and I were speaking after the movie, uh, we went to uh, Barney's Beanery and uh, a, a plate was broken. We had a, a, a very charming uh, server I believe her name was Alex. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, and uh, I mentioned that because we did try to encourage her to watch this show. So if she sees this, hi, hope we tipped enough. If not, it's his fault. Um, but uh... <laughs> it literally would be. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause I, I had to Venmo you after the fact. I mean, I didn't have to, I just wanted to be cheap that night. And now in you any know case... the full story. Cause you came in here wondering not just what did they think of the movie, but how did they watch the movie? And most importantly, what did they do after? I had pastrami sliders. Okay. He had some chili. So now everybody knows. <laughs> Thanks for having the chili after the movie, by the way. <laughs> now the story is complete. <laughs> we can close the book. Uh, but I, and you know, it, it was, uh, there was a, a lot of uh, uh, fun to that. But what I was going to say was that Ragnarok did not miss Jane Foster. Love Natalie Portman. I think she's incredibly talented and I think she's a wonderful actress. I have enjoyed her many times throughout her career and uh, she was unnecessary and actually would not have fit into that story. But I was glad to see her again. I think that I really liked what they did with her, that she doesn't just become Thor for fun, that it's like, well, I'm dying. And then this is kind of like a last hurrah. Well, it's killing you. Well, I need to help you. So I thought that that arc, I was not expecting to be that invested in it. And yes, I did expect that perhaps they were setting her up as a new Thor for the future, you know, because mm -hmm. yeah, Chris Hemsworth had probably done enough movies and, you know, we're starting to see sort of other iterations of some of these characters like Black Widow, Captain America, etc. But um, what did you think of Jane Foster specifically in this movie? You know, it's funny. I, I forgot how many years it had been since she played this role. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was since that, Dark World, right? Right. Wait, she had that little role in um, in, in Endgame, which was sort of like B-roll from uh, Dark World. Yeah. And, and part of me always thinks that Avengers Endgame was, you know, Marvel's attempt to say, hey, Thor Dark World isn't terrible. OK, look, <laughs> look how much look how important it is. Uh, damn it give us a second chance but yeah it's well it, it, not to get too far off but it's like how you know with star wars they're like you know the prequels are good too right yeah yeah Don't, you sh and she's in those so oh, that's right <laughs> but yeah, anyway yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of i, I do uh, think a lot of endgame was like it's important look <laughs> i'm smart not dumb like everyone says <laughs> yeah you know i i thought the natalie portman hemsworth relationship really good chemistry between them uh, I mean, she, you know, in the first Thor, they they were really fun together. Yeah. And so it was great seeing them, how kind of effortlessly they seemingly play off each other. I have no idea what their relationship's like in the real world, but they, I mean, on screen, you really do feel a connection between those characters. And, and they really got as much as they could out of Jane as a character. I think her journey was, was dramatic from the word go. And again, this idea of like, we're talking about how, you know, it's goofy, it's fun, it, you know, it's light on its feet. And yet Jane's story isn't anything but like, it's totally serious. Like the idea of she's dying and she's desperate and science isn't solving her issues. So she has to kind of go beyond and find something that could, you know, elongate her life. 
but in doing so, ironically, it actually shortens her life. Yeah. You know, but gives her, you know, uh, the, the greatest send off imaginable for a human being and, and and the greatest resting place, apparently, too. I mean, if that's what yeah, the there was a lot of talk like, of Valhalla throughout the movie. I think yeah. they did a good job setting that up that, uh, look, if you die in battle, you will be also greeted by Idris Elba. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, sign sign me up for battle. <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. There's something to be said for that, for sure. I have a lot of questions about Luther that haven't been answered. So, you know, we'll sit down and chat about the British uh, police procedural that he... Oh, so well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Alice! But in any case, I think that here's what I think is important, that we never see Jane Foster again. I think that her story is in a great place. And yes, Thor could go to Valhalla for some reason. You know, I know that you're supposed to go there once you die, but it's been established in the comics and I assume mythology, but I won't pretend that I actually know that you can actually get there. You know what do you, you, you take the river sticks or something. I'm not really sure, but somehow you would get there. Uh, but I, w- I would love it if that's the end of her story uh, because, you know, her story sort of had really ended previously. And I thought that this was a great way to bring her back and have a really fun adventure. Uh, shout out to Darcy. It was great that we got to see her as well. And uh, I, I I think that it's a very complete arc for the character, you know? Um, and I, I I don't know. I don't want more from her, you know? it's uh, I'm not going to be angry if they figure out a, a reason that they want to do it. But at the same time... You, you'll um, swing your poking stick at the screen if she ever comes. I, oh, I will. Yeah. I'll be like, back in my day, dead meant dead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that. And I think that, uh, you know, look, Christian Bale, I think, gives a, a, a good performance. It's interesting because I've, since we've seen the movie, I've read articles that, uh, you know, they show what the comic book version of the character's name is Gore, right? Just G-O-R. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, boy, we were way off uh, on Marvel Movie Talk. We had some ideas, including uh, Brando and the Island of Dr. Moreau. We really had some thoughts as to characters he was playing, but uh, Gore makes the most sense. But if that, uh, I guess the comic book version of Gore looks like almost exactly like Voldemort. So they had to change what he looked like specifically for the movie. And I think Taika Waititi literally said, it's like, we didn't want him to look like Voldemort. So he looks like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I I thought his story was interesting, but look, I don't, I don't love bad guys who realize being bad is wrong and they stop like they could win. And then they don't, I like when they get stopped by some good old fashioned superheroing or a sniper rifle. You know, Frank Castle's up somewhere and uh, he just takes care of things. But uh, so I don't know. I I never really love that. But there is something sweet anyway that, you know, it's sort of like for the good of his daughter. And I think we get a fun sequence with Thor and, you know, raising the daughter, the daughter, single dad Thor. Um, What did you think about uh, Gore throughout the movie and sort of the way that uh, his his arc was resolved? You know, I I think his logic is pretty sound. I mean, it's something we look for in a villain. Yeah, it's like in essence, all gods must fall, and it's like, okay, all right, go to good luck. Zagazunt, uh, as we say, uh, and <laughs> and yet, you know, I I found it was hard to get a. It's kind of hard to get a bet on the character, and yeah. not listen. Any moment Christian Bale's given, he's gonna, he's gonna be awesome, but like the character seems to swerve a lot. Like sometimes he's really kind of sarcastic 
and and like almost like uh, like a Batman villain. And then other times he's much more kind of meat and potatoes, run of the mill, God killing villain. So I I actually found a little hard to sort of say, okay, this is who Gore is. I know what he's trying to do. I know what he wants. But the personality, um, I don't know. Like, and again, and it, <clears throat> it's nothing against Christian Bale. His performance is great, but it's something in the writing. It felt, I don't know if you got this too, Christian. It kind of felt like in any given moment, it, gore scene to scene would sometimes shift. Like his persona would, would not quite. Yeah. Work. And I do wonder if that's a product of, you know, we had some inside scoop that uh, 35 pages of this film were reshot. And honestly, reshots happen on every movie. Uh, some of the most beloved films of all time <laughs> happens to all of them. Uh, 35 pages might sound like a lot, but it, it also might not be for a two hour movie. Uh, but so I think some of the inconsistencies might come from that sort of like kind yeah. of changing after the fact where the story was going and, and, you know, some of that, but yeah, I think that uh, he's not an all time great villain, you know? Um, And I don't know. I mean, I guess his legacy will continue whenever we see Thor uh, as the end of the movie tells us Thor will return, which we can theorize about that in a little bit, but now he's, he's the single dad Thor, you know? And uh, I think that sort of, it, it was an interesting way to kind of, take the this theme of the movie which was the idea that thor would be okay with settling down well he doesn't get to settle down with jane but now he's a dad and uh you know sort of watching how he evolves in the way that he approaches talking to children in this movie yeah. i think uh you know he's it's a it's a little rough around the edges you know when yeah, the, he first, the first time when he was trying to calm the children down the, the cage full of children yes yeah <laughs> he, he didn't really nail that um it was, yeah. And also, too, this was about purpose and the idea of love and, and finding a meaning. And so in the end, him finding meaning in, in fatherhood, that's kind of lovely. You know, yeah. I, 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 you, you get two of the all-time great fathers talking to you right now. That's um, true. Somewhere else. And then you have us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <who are> yeah right. <laughs> adequate yeah, exactly. at, at this. But, you know, yeah, that definitely is a moment where you're like, okay, Thor found something. Like, because that, that was the whole thing. Like, he spends the first chunk of the movie kind of lost, you know, spiritually. And then in yeah. the end, we see him making pancakes. And what did he call them? Flap cakes? Like, he had a flappy cakes? I, oh, I forget like... now. And yeah, like... I, I did like what he called it. That it's like, it's like, oh, he took two things that they could have been called and he combined them. And that's not accurate. Uh, yeah. But... And, but, but even so, like, his daughter is like giving him a hard time and he's yelling back at her and it, but, but yet at the same time, you know, he just seems at peace, you know, like he finally found a a real slice of happiness and one that transcends worlds, you know, one that transcends powers. Yeah. And uh, the idea that, uh, you know, sort of at the end, I I did like uh, narrator Korg that we got and sort of each time he kind of resets the once upon a time. And then he's like, they were known as love and thunder. And I'm like, I still hate that title. You did not win me over at the end. You you like my pitch, though, calling it if you called it thunder and love. Very different films. A little better. A little better. I'm not going to lie. You know, works a little bit better. Um, And, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. But look, I, I think. For, for like I don't know what the exact running time is. I should look it up, but it's it, it it didn't feel long. It was like in the way, 
that, you know, it's around two hours. And honestly, our movies need to be around two hours. You want to go 205, it's fine. But I was going to go see that Elvis movie over the weekend. I saw that it was like two hours and 43 minutes. And I'm like, I mean, I like Elvis. I don't, I don't two hour and 43 minute like Elvis. It's, it's like, it's going to hurt my eyes to have that much Boz Lerman. You know, I, I feel pretty strongly about that, but uh, come after me uh, if those oh, of you yeah, out there yeah, feel no, otherwise. I, I, I think Baz Luhrmann sh- should be given a time limit, a visual limit, a song yeah. limit. I, I, I think that uh, I would probably need uh, just a little break. Yeah. So Love and Thunder is one hour and 59 minutes. You know what that is? Perfect. It comes in, comes in <laughs> just under two hours. I, I don't need more. I don't need more from my movies no, than that. I mean, you know, you got, you got James game, Cameron sure. talking about how long Avatar 2 is going to be and people can get up and pee. If they can binge eight hours, uh, eight episodes of a show, they can watch my movie. People don't want your stupid movie anyway. And you're going to make it like four hours long. What are you doing? You're and, and uh, I don't want to get on the soapbox here, but then he said I'm he's, he's not even going to direct episodes four and five. And I'm like, so even you don't care about this dumb universe. What are you yeah. giving us so much Avatar for when we don't even want it? Anyway, I did want this. I did want this much more. Sorry, go ahead. I think this is a smart way to do storytelling. Do a first movie, wait over ten years, and then give us four in two in four years or five years. I I think that is a that is a formula only for success. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, Then again, never cannot James Cameron. No, I I mean that I'm not doing, but um, oh. I, <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait till I've seen the movie because then I can count them out. But uh, look, maybe it's going to be amazing. I, I I would be shocked. But in any case, uh, so there's a couple of uh, gripes with the movie. One, we were speaking with somebody about this movie because they knew that we had seen it ahead of time. And they really wanted to know if there were a lot of guardians in this movie. I really could have used just a little bit more of them. Uh, you pointed out the Drax doesn't even talk. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to suspect like, is that actually Dave Batista. It, like, it like, might not be. It could just yeah. be like a CGI rendering of his likeness, it, but I'm going to, ass- yeah, I'm going to assume he had lines that just got cut out Yeah, because I can't imagine that he's there. And like Mantis, I think speaks once and you know, you can usually get a lot of mileage out of anything that character says, you know, just like, like, how about knives? You know, there's just things yeah. that she can say that go a long way. Um, and, you know, I think that Endgame was probably made to set up a third Guardians movie with Thor. I assume that that's what the plan was. Sure. And then uh, James Gunn had to go and, you know, make a, 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 a rare good movie for DC and a great series for DC. He was very busy before he could uh, get to that. So I don't know if they adjusted the plan. Uh, I could have used just a little bit more. And of the time that they were in the movie, I feel like we could have gotten more out of them. You know, sure. I mean, Rocket barely speaks. You know, it's it's mostly Star-Lord. And, uh, you know, he's great. He's got some good character moments. You know, he figures out how to brush off Thor. Uh, I, I found their interactions to be great. And I know it's in the trailer, but especially when, like, Thor keeps, like, leaning towards him, <laughs> trying to make eye contact. I thought that was funny. Um, so, you know, it's a good appearance by the guardians, but it feels like a missed opportunity. What say the Eric of Connor? <laughs> uh, it, it feels kind of like a glorified cameo, you know, not much more. And, and, <clears throat> and the problem is because it's more 
than just a cameo. You're kind of like, okay, well then they can actually give us some, I don't know, scene work and all that. And and yet it's not enough for it to feel like a, like an actual, uh, to give them a real moment. You know, you're right, Star-Lord and, and Chris Pratt, I, 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 listen, I'm, I'm not here to body shame anyone. I'm the last man who could do that. But <laughs> I don't know, Chris Pratt's looking very thin. I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried as like, you know, a Jewish uh, dad. It's like, is he eating enough? You, you need some. Uh, he, he, looks, he looked very healthy season one of Parks and Rec. Is that what you're saying? I miss that. I miss that version of Chris Pratt. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think if Star-Lord showed up looking like that, that could actually be. That would have been amazing. Well. Yeah. Like him and Thor both out of shape would have been awesome. Um, and they're like diet buddies, you know, yeah. they're doing the the whole 30 or something together. That's the subplot. Um, yeah. Oh, and Fezzik says hi. Um, so, yeah, no, I, it, it barely left an impression. You yeah. Know? And that's the, that's the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's like one of the greatest parts of the MCU. And yet they're just show up. It, it felt like, um, if you've gone on the Guardians ride at Disney, like I have, yeah, they have that kind of a feel. Where yeah, just, the, like, the ride, which ride. for people that don't know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it's called like Mission Breakout or something. It was the Tower of Terror, and this is only a yeah. California adventure. So I believe the Tower of Terror still exists as the Tower of Terror in Orlando. And it's the same ride with all the same stops and the doors open at the same time. And now it's but the they've Guardians. got this like flimsy story that, I'm not usually overly critical on rides. The story makes no sense. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, wait, what's happening? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We just uh, dropped a bunch of times. Uh, it's like Space Mountain has a better story and there's nothing that happens <laughs> the whole time. But yeah, it, it, it is. It's definitely like drive by guardians. It's disappointing. And uh, I, I feel like, James Gunn perhaps not being available because my understanding is that he wrote the Guardians dialogue for Endgame. You know, when we see them in Avengers movies, he usually writes what they do and he was unavailable. I don't know if he was, you know, whatever the case was, you know, he wasn't able to contribute in any way. Uh, I think that we could have really gotten a lot more out of the Guardians. Uh, it's too bad that James Gunn was not involved. And that, of course, then brings me to my other tremendous gripe about this movie uh, -oh. uh music selection is actually really important to me and no one is better at it than james gunn uh just look at the fact that those two guardians soundtracks you know how well they sold just the unusual mixture of songs how great a soundtrack he put together for peacemaker and i love guns and roses I have enjoyed Guns N' Roses uh, for <laughs> since my wife was four years old. I've been enjoying Guns N' Roses. Uh, so, you know, Appetite for Destruction is great. I love both Use Your Illusion albums. It, it falls right off a cliff there. Uh, Eric and I were joking during the movie. It's like, well, at least dip into something from Spaghetti Incident, you know. Um, but it's just, it's so obvious to use Guns N' Roses. But it's fine if you have a mixture, you know, there was the Iron Man movie had that had a lot of, it had several ACDC songs. Okay. Because the, this movie sure could have used Thunderstruck, but it's been in like a thousand yeah. movies. So I'm glad it's not in it. That would have been obvious in a different way, but it was so much guns and roses. I just shaking my head at one point. I'm like the, the rock part of November rain. Really? 
It's like they even made a joke and the character goes by Axel. Uh, you know, Heimdall's son. It's not his name. But, and I know this didn't bother you, but it bothered me again because it's a missed opportunity. You can put other music into this movie and it will still be the same movie. It might actually, those scenes might work better if mm-hmm. you had Master of Puppets, if you had Rainbow in the Dark by Ronnie James Dio. You know, especially when you're going across the rainbow bridge. And don't we get, we get that like in the credits, I think we get rainbow in the dark. And I think that's why it made me mad. I was like, (laughs) you had a scene. You could have used this song. I don't think this bothered you as much as it did me. And it probably didn't. I don't know. Maybe it didn't bother anybody. You know what? I I was feeding off your pain though. I was enjoying your, it's sort of like. Well, my hate only makes you stronger. It's sort of like what Michael Shirley does. Pardon me as my voice is like. Yeah. I'm for that's all right. You you know you you had you had six sold out shows in the Great White Way last week, so right. that's fine. You know I you make you make very good points. <laughs> I don't I don't want to dismiss Christian Christian. You're seen, you're felt. Thank you. You're heard. This is a safe space. You are not alone. Um, so even what a soundtrack we go back to a lot of movie that that has made many appearances in the Black Cast universe is Tank Girl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and yes, the I'm, Tank Girl soundtrack, which has been on my desk just because I forgot to put it back on the shelf um, for probably a couple months. You know, I, I think you write in terms of there could have been much better specificity, you know, and even I mean, because there is just such a wide array of rock that would punctuate this movie even better. You know, I, I was when they were going across the Rainbow Bridge, I was uh, I, I told Christian, I was hoping for like something a little more modern, like even um, Knights of Sidonia uh, by Muse, which is made for a movie like this. The video for that song is like Western sci-fi, you know? So it is definitely right down the road. I I understand this idea of like saying, okay, well, Guns N' Roses is sort of where he's at, you know, big emotions, big thunder, you know, love and thunder. Yeah, Guns and Roses. I, I I could see why, but agreed that there were moments. Although I did love the, using the break from November Rain uh, for that. I, I think I have if to admit, that was I, there. If if there had only been two usages of Guns and Roses, and that was one of them, especially if they well. only used one, I think that part of the song is a great choice. You know, it's sort of yeah. like picking up Bohemian Rhapsody just from the rock part at the end. You know, there is yeah, something yeah, yeah. to be said for that, but. They had, you know, I had just been bludgeoned by Slash's black hat at that point. You know, I just was bruised everywhere from that but, hat. And, and not to mention, and we all know there's like probably 10 tracks in Chinese Democracy that would make any movie better. Yeah, especially, yeah. None I mean, of it. IRS, Chinese Democracy. I think there's a song called that. I'm actually there's a song sure. about, I don't know, he's pissed off about something, pissed off yeah. at a woman. Yeah, I mean, one of those songs. One of those it, songs. It, <laughs> but it, it, uh, I, I, I don't look at it necessarily as a missed opportunity in the same way you do, Christian, but I do think there could have been a bit more work from that music supervisor yeah. earning and, their And by the ball. way, if Guns N' Roses had written three or four songs for this movie and they use them, that's a different story entirely. You know, if you had new music from the same artist, it doesn't have to be Guns N' Roses, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I can understand that. Uh, so this did not, take away from my enjoyment of the movie. I do feel 
as though uh, I, I would I would love a new cut where they put some other music in. So that's what I need from Taika Waititi. But hey, I don't think it's good. Or you can make your own, Christian. That's true. You can you could always, I mean, you know, take a little bit of work and uh, premiere Final Cut or that's take true. the tape, I, which is probably your editing of choice. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll slice editing. the tape. Yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I use, I chalk the part I need and then I use a, a, a razor to actually cut it. Uh, yeah, look, I just think uh, I just think it would have been more fun, but it's fine. Um, and you know, I like those songs, but boy, have I heard those songs too much, all of them. You know, yeah, <laughs> so right, right. Well, and that's the thing too. I think maybe part of it is at least the break from November Rain was, you know, kind of like a little more not B side because that was a very popular song, but that just cutting in the middle of the song, getting yeah. to Slash's guitar solo, which is freaking epic. You know, which, like, judge, which I believe everything I saw on MTV and he, he actually went outside and stood off in, in the, on a dirt road down the street from the church where the wedding was happening to play that solo. So oh, when was, they recorded it, <laughs> no, in the November rain video. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, Bjork, who, by the way, is on the Tank Girl soundtrack callback, you know, she <laughs> would literally go onto a dock to record some of her music. You know, like, and again, it's Bjork, and, and yeah. you know, when you're in Iceland, I mean, you're in Iceland. There's docs. You know? There's docs everywhere. It's a lot yeah, easier. Right, right, know. right. That's what they call the <laughs> recording studio. <laughs> um, yeah. So, look, it's uh it's not the end of the world. It's just, uh, you know, it it just it just, it just if felt. It means it, my sons are now going to want to own Guns and Roses. Then it's a win. That's I can see that as a win. Honestly, that would that would change my uh, interpretation, you know, make sure you don't get them the original release of appetite for destruction with the uh, very racy cover. You want the one with the skeleton faces. Well, I have a few of them back there already. So when they say they want it, I I can hand them a CD and they'll go, what what do I play this on? So they're just going to use it as a, as a coaster and or a Frisbee. And while they download it from Apple music, you know, right. Exactly. Family account. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's it's I think I can see that as being a win. You know, when I finally am able to get through the MCU uh, with Felix, who's only, you know, he's about to be seven. Uh, if if this is the movie that just like I want to hear more of those songs, I'll be like, great. And, you know, I probably would be like, oh, we just watched Thor Love and Thunder. Let me let me sneak some of these on on the radio. Right. We'll see where it goes. Um, it's but, a gateway drug to better, to uh, not better rock, but other rock. No, just other rock. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, like that soundtrack saved my, my life. I would, I would argue because it meant my kids started listening to music that didn't make me want to drive into a pole. Um, so, yeah, if you could, yeah, I mean, if you could play the raspberries or Bowie or, you know, the, yeah, 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 that's a great point. Um, and, uh, being a lot of songs in there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I'm gonna do a whole standalone on the Pina Colada song. Parentheses, the Pina the Colada, Colada song. song. Yeah, by Rupert Holmes. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't want to go down this road for this episode, but uh, I, uh, over drinks, I had at least an hour conversation uh, about that, uh, Escape Parentheses, the Pina Colada song, and uh, there are definitely different interpretations. I'm happy for the couple in that song, and uh, my friend was not. So <laughs> no, their marriage uh, is over. I know. I agree with your friend. That marriage is effed. You know, but maybe it should be. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah. for another time, um, before we wind down, I do want to talk about, uh, just circle back, 
the sequence with the gods i thought was the most fun part of the movie one because of russell crowe's performance uh because of just some of the little details so in the trailer we know that uh, thor's clothes are all removed i do love his loki back tat especially because it says rest in mischief <laughs> and um i i'm looking forward to the movie being released wide so that uh we can actually see some screen grabs of that tattoo and now i yeah. when i see it a second time i'll know that that's coming up so i'll be able to wait for it but uh i thought it was great just sort of like you know the bonding between jane and valkyrie i just like you know valkyrie's uh preference uh for uh, you know uh for a, a spouse a mate whatever that didn't mean she didn't need to sit back and enjoy the show as it were and i thought uh there were some nice touches in there um the takeaway really is from this movie the scene you referenced at the beginning with gore uh and this sequence the gods are dicks yeah uh, you know it was once said that the gods must be crazy, but I believe the gods must be dicks. Um, <laughs> what did you think about that sequence? Uh, the you know, I don't even remember what like you know the the god palace. I forget what that was called, but uh, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. What did you think of that yeah, sequence right. in the movie, Eric? Uh, a couple thoughts. What first being we just read uh, the, the Wonder Woman run. Um, that we the George about. Perez run Perez, volume yeah. one from 1987. Uh, we discussed that on the Geekscape book club, which you can find on the Geekscape YouTube channel and uh, their podcast feed. You can find it as an audio only podcast. Yes, we did just read this um, mere days ago. And so it's funny, like reading that. And I read that after we saw Thor and in that one, the gods, are, they're so humorless. Like, I go, you go to a place that's almost identical to, you know, the, the logic at least of what we have here in this movie. Yeah. No, no jokes, no nudity, you know, uh, no, no, just, just like really uncomfortable references to how the entire Island of Amazons had been raped thousands of years earlier by the gods. And I'm like, Oh, we're just going to move past that. Aren't we? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. This one, uh, you know, it seemed like a pretty awesome party. Um, definitely, yeah. by the way, there was a moment or two that completely gave me Flash Gordon feels. Uh, and which and, you and I did speak about Flash Gordon after the movie. Just, yes, we uh, did. What a, what a what a fine work of cinema it is. Oh yeah, I mean, if you look over my left shoulder, yeah. you can even see a Flash Gordon figure staring at you. It's just too bad that we couldn't have gotten any Guns and Roses in that movie. But go on. Oh, I know. It would have been a very a different kind of film to have a, a yeah, very yeah. So, young so much role. queen <laughs> back when his name's name was Hiram Lipschultz and he played the bar mitzvah circuit. <laughs> it would have been a very different feel. Uh, but there's yeah. like moments there, I was like, Yeah, that totally is like uh, where the Hawkmen lived. And yeah. remind Taika TV is supposed to do a Flash Gordon, like uh, it was going to be animated. Now they're saying it's going to be live action, but he'll probably do hopefully with Sam Jones. I mean, how do you use anyone else? I don't care how old he is. Hey, Brian um, Blessed is still alive. I think yes, he should he be in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say get the original cast and act like they're still young. And, and, and then just... <laughs> oh, became, I like that. <laughs> cut the wide shots when they're doing fight scenes. Yeah. And then otherwise... <laughs> but, uh, you know, that scene was so much fun because it... Again, this is Taika Waititi's thing, right? You go there and you're expecting it to be like Wonder Woman. You're expecting it to be like, yeah. I don't know, 
history class or, you know, folklore or wherever you studied the Greek gods in your local institute of lower or higher learning. And instead, it was like a party. It was a bacchanal. And one that was like, all right, I'm, I'm with this. And and the idea that the gods, like you're joking, they must be dicks. Like the gods must be scared. Like they're actually yeah. like they've created all these worlds. And then they're, you get that sense that they're sort of like, you know, it's like a Frankenstein's monster thing. Like they're terrified of their own creations now and are just trying to stay and party as long as possible. Even gave me a little bit of the Mask of the Red Death kind of vibe. And uh, and I thought Russell Crowe, who is looking healthy, see, healthy. You didn't look at Russell Crowe and think he doesn't look like, well, maybe you thought he doesn't look healthy. Yeah, actually. That, but. <laughs> but his hair, that weird accent he did, which was like 25 countries in one. Um, <laughs> yeah. it was, he was great. And the fact they didn't market him made it so much more of a treat. And then the reveal at the end, which you might be getting to, of who uh, Hercules is. Uh, there it That's is. That's all right. No, we're talking spoilers. <laughs> we're talking spoilers. Yeah. But I could not be more excited to see Brett Goldstein as Hercules. Yeah. I mean, that the fact is... that uh, Roy Kent, and oh I God. hadn't really thought about who would be a great Hercules. But when I saw him, I was so glad that our friend Michael Shirley hadn't spoiled that for me because, uh, you know, he's on a bit of a streak and spoiling things for movies, but he probably doesn't know who that is. So it didn't catch his eye. Um, to Lasso, just see that he's he, he Hercules. So the first time someone smiled yeah. and, and, and <laughs> oh, that would be it. So he'd watch about a minute of that and it'd be yeah. done. Yeah, exactly. He saw the sign that said, believe he's like, pass. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, I, and seeing him, you know, it's like, it's it's just like oh that's perfect you know it's like how maybe I would have felt finding out that Harry Styles was going to play Star Fox if I hadn't had that spoiler. <laughs> so no, Christian, uh, funny. I think I knew about that casting. Okay. When he showed up, I, I I my thought wasn't oh my god yes it was like oh yeah I think I knew that. Right. But I kind of so had forgotten and he even in he has like I don't did he even have a line. Or he just smiles. He, he said he says like he, he says like one he has one line. Uh Roy Kent does. I mm. know his name's Mark Goldstein, but he Roy he Kent. says the C word and then he, <laughs> he definitely does. Well that's Roy Kent, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is that's how he spells Roy Kent with but a C. My God, the mischief in his eye, you know, that's like same, and by the way, same thing with Harry Styles. Yeah, his brief cameo got me really excited to see more of him. And by the way, the era of Avengers comics that I read. Both Star Fox and Hercules were permanent members of the Avengers. They for years they were in yeah. there, you know, like from issue like 250 to 300. Basically, most of that, most of those years were when I was reading. And uh, so I and and uh, Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, those are characters that I like a lot. And Monica Rambo, Captain Marvel, these are these characters are very important to me, and yeah. they're characters that we're just starting to get now. And uh, yeah, so when they tell us that Thor will return, it's like, well, he damn well better right. you know because uh you know there i think that there were questions like you know chris hemsworth want to go on and do other things uh and if he wants to do that after a, a movie where he faces off against hercules that's fine i'm okay with that yeah. you know well, and also let's be honest here and you know chris hemsworth great performer his non-mcu movies have not done well yeah, and, and, he did a race car movie, movie that I didn't see, and that uh, was actually a really good film. The one that's Rush. what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rush, I think it's yeah. called, and he's great. And it's him against Baron Zemo, 
Uh, oh, I forgot did. about that. That's and right. Baron Zemo <laughs> was spectacular in that, like yeah. Oscar-worthy kind of performance. But, you know, he just, you know, he did this Michael Mann movie that flopped. He's on something on, uh, the, ironically, the director of Top Gun 2 did another movie, and it's on Netflix, and it's not supposed to be all that good either. So it's, I, I think he's been looking for a role that's not Thor, that speaks to his skill. Now, he's playing Hulk Hogan in some kind of biopic, which... Brother. Yeah, let me tell you something, brother. I'm beyond excited for that one. I may or may not have a signed Hulk Hogan shirt just over there, but I'm not going to show you because that would ruin the whole thing. Yeah, for all the Hulkamaniacs out there, they all be the jealous. Hulkamaniacs running wild. I've been trying to get the Blatamaniacs. You need some kind of Blat. You need some maniac version for your own fans. Yeah, I, I I just took to calling them Blackcast Nation, uh, and and that I just sort of left it there. But uh, like Blatamaniacs doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? <laughs> no, no, it does not. It's it, not. It, it, no, it's unpleasant to say. <laughs> so yes, that is an excitement for the future. I that tells me. That you know, look, because I thought that there was a way that this movie ends where our Thor, Thor Odinson, kind of goes off into some form of retirement and that Jane was going to be Thor in the future. Um, and you know, nope. that's a choice, that's a direction they could have taken. You know, Academy Award winning actress, you know, she's been uh, you know, a great actress since she was like nine or whatever she was in Leon the Professional, but. Uh, I like the idea that we're going to get him back. I want to see him in a movie with Hercules. I don't really care how many movies they keep making. You know, the, the, this is like a, we're like 30 movies deep in the MCU. It's yeah. fine. If they want to make a fifth Thor movie, I'm going to be okay with it. You know, it's like they could have kept making Iron Man movies, you know, but they didn't. So they're definitely, I mean, the secret wars set up here feels yeah. very strong you know, especially with the sort of end of Eternals and the end of this, it just screams like Secret Wars as the next major thing. And I know yeah. they're making some kind of announcement in, you know, a couple of weeks over at Comic-Con, yeah. um, which I don't know. Are you able to get into Hall H? Like, do you have? I mean, I I, uh, I half-heartedly applied for credentials, but I wasn't even sure that I was going to be able to go. So I didn't really I, I was not as dogged as I might have been. So I, yeah, I'm, I had a, out. I'm going to a wedding and I was like, you know what? Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I don't want to be around a uh, hundred thousand people right now. But yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to be around, you know, 10 people. Yeah. That's too many people for me, but uh, I know what you're saying. So yeah, look, I'm excited for where it goes and what the future holds uh, for this franchise, but uh, the way he fits into the MCU uh, and uh, shout out that we continued to get an appearance from uh, from Matt Damon, and I thought that they took that to uh, you know, uh, unlike the Jimmy Kimmel show, he was not bumped from this movie. Uh, <laughs> and we had him and and what that's uh, Hems, this the other Hemsworth, Liam's right? Hemsworth, or... and then of course the fact that this was the first time in a very long time. I was uh, very happy uh, to see Melissa McCarthy in a movie. So uh, it's been a while. Let's just say that, you know, she somebody came in shtick, and just stole the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, no, like somebody's somebody's shtick got really old to me, but it worked really well the way they it used perfect it here. here. Yeah. And I love that her husband played the stage manager. Uh, <laughs> and I just thought that was a nice little touch. Uh, look, I, so I think this is a fun movie. I think MCU fans are going to like it. Casual moviegoers. I, I don't know. But if you just spent your money on Jurassic World like two weeks ago, 
what this is worse i didn't see it so i don't actually know i i i haven't seen it i i don't know if i will but i will assure you this is better than that yeah i i feel pretty strongly about money that. back guarantee and the money will be returned to you by uh black cast llc black cast llc yeah um but i mean it's like what's the, what's the best movie of the year so far uh, you know uh top gun maverick Marcel all right Michelle. This is this this isn't that far off. I don't know. You decide which one you like better. But it's uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's more fun than Doctor Strange. I like that movie too. But this is like you don't got to worry. Uh, there's there's no real no real death count like previous movies featuring Thor. You know, I don't know how many times we had to see Loki die, but uh, so yeah, I. I the, think people the should montage see of him dying though was fabulous. Yeah, that's true. It was actually. <laughs> I do want to. I I want to talk to the people who don't like it. Uh, you know, there I I've seen the headlines are that it, it's it's a mess. I've seen people say that it's too woke, and I'm like, I I, I think some people are leaning on that because the what is because there's a, a woman in it because there's references to uh, well because you're upset that rock people have uh, same gender uh, relations to create more rocks. Is that too woke? Well, then I'm sorry that uh, we don't speak to the traditional Christian values of rock people. My apologies to uh, everyone uh, in there, but I, I, I'm interested to hear what people think when they see this movie, especially all of our regulars on Marvel movie talk. I did almost call it the other show. Uh, all of our regulars of Marvel Movie Talk, I want to hear from all of you. Uh, you can leave comments on this video, uh, but we will also be back with more Thor talk next week. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ChristianDMZ to uh, find out when and where you'll be able to catch that episode, mostly because I'll be, uh, I'll be at a resort in San Diego with the family for uh, not a whole week, but a few days. By the time when you see this, I am not at home. I am not in the bunker. I'm, I'm going to be away, but uh, we'll talk about that then. Please subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube channel, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And Eric, where can people find you? Uh, we can party over in Instagram or Twitter at Count Eric Connor. You can find me on Facebook if you're really feeling bold and daring. And uh, I think it's just Eric Adam Connor. I don't even know. But a guy who looks sort of like me is there with a chicken as his profile photo. So that's that's me. And and, uh, and, and when you want to know what cultural events are happening in Burbank, Eric is your guy. Yes, um, you know. I, I don't commissioner. I, 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 I have something resembling a badge. I made it myself, but it still counts. <laughs> so you're the Michael Chiklis of the bird, the uh, burgeoning Burbank <laughs> arts council. Or maybe I'm the uh, Dwight Schrute. You oh, see, that might make more sense. Well, no, you, you know what? You're, you're like, you're like Elvis. He like had, he had that badge and you know, that he would show to, show to people. <laughs> But I wouldn't know because I no, didn't see man. that movie because it's two hours and 40 minutes. You haven't seen the Elvis movie, have you? I did not yet. And two hours and 40 minutes is not exactly speeding up my process to get there. Yeah, no, exactly. I Honestly, I'll probably see Jurassic World before I see that. So that's uh, tread lightly, I, my friend. It's, I know, it's I know. Horrible, I, or maybe I'll just stay home. Uh, in any case... Eric, thank you. Thank you to everybody who watched. And continuing our conversation now on Thor Love and Thunder, joined by the one, the only, 
you love her or perhaps barely tolerate her on the Chip Chipperson podcast, her own show, which I almost called Love and Thunder, Unqualified <laughs> Experts, Zia Landerson Bastille, Day of the Dead. Welcome. To... I'm getting new titles added I to decided, my name every day. I decided day. I wanted to add Day something and uh, of the Dead. Uh, was all I could come up with. I don't know note. any other day stuff. Uh, day Days for night. Day, yeah. Uh, hmm. Doris Day. What? Anyway, Zia, Hi. thank you so much for taking some time to chat about the latest Marvel movie, which is Thor Love and Thunder. And Love I and think Thunder! for people who have uh, known us for a while and you want to talk about barely tolerating people, uh, <laughs> there would be people who remember us from the old days where we would do at least five hours of Marvel talk a week mm -hmm. on, uh, after at buzz least. and uh, popcorn talk. Um, I still kind of stand by my assessment from that Comic-Con news about the next Thor movie being called Love and Thunder. I still don't think it's a great name. I think the explanation the is explanation okay. makes it a little bit better, but it's yeah. still annoying. And by the it's way, uh, jumping in in the live chat, barely tolerating this, Eric Nagel of It's Eric Nagel, which now it's embarrassing that when I in introduced you, I said Chip Chipperson podcast, unqualified experts, but of course, also it's Eric Nagel. Um, it's wow. like I got. It's like I got. Wow. Caught. Yeah. I know. Oh, I uh, you know, you could have jumped in and also said uh, also of it's Eric Nagel. Uh, good to see you, Eric. Uh, great to have you here. And uh, Ivan Soto, excited to see Pikachu. So uh, obviously uh, that's the real star of the show. I was telling Zia before we started that my daughter uh, loves Pikachu enough. So she watched like one entire episode of some Pokemon nonsense that's on Netflix now. I I, I couldn't follow it like at all. I really had no idea what was going on. Have you watched any Pokemon before? I mean, yes, at some point in life, but okay. this was the this was like I, I don't know. I needed like pop-up video information explaining things to me. I'm definitely an old man. Um, but let's get back get to the now. issue at hand, which uh, hand is love and thunder. Uh you remember you were sitting there next to me where I was like, I hate yeah. this title. Yeah, I didn't like it either. I remember yeah. talking about that. Jesus, it was what three years ago now? Three years ago, yeah. It was oh the twenty nine because this movie was supposed to be what like fall of twenty twenty. I don't know. Yeah, I, everything moved so much. I'm not even. Or it was maybe like early. Uh, it was like at least a year ago. This was supposed to come out. Yeah, at least, and it was uh, definitely one of like I I really like Thor. I like the character. I like. Yep. Even I'm a Dark World sympathizer. People hate Dark World. I rewatched it again recently, and it's still not as bad as I. As every as everybody says, I, I let's don't know, go I so far as to it. say you are the dark world apologist. You're I'm like the number dark world one apologist. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I enjoyed it. I know everybody's favorite is Ragnarok, and of course, I loved Ragnarok. You know, it's really interesting. So I'm seeing a different side now that I spend more time on Twitter, which is unfortunate. Really, I need to stop, but I do it sometimes. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting to see that there are actually there's actually a decent sized group of people that really don't like Ragnarok. They liked one and they liked two. They liked uh, in the dark world, but they didn't like Ragnarok at all. They don't really? like. Yeah, they didn't like how funny he became and how jokey and how comedic when I guess that was never how Thor was. 
So a lot of people really, really didn't like it and didn't appreciate that movie a lot more than I realized. A lot of people don't like it and also didn't enjoy Love and Thunder for similar reasons. And because of, uh, I guess, character digression, as they put it. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to No, it's to interesting. And I, you know, I do remember when Ragnarok came out, there was a little bit of that reaction of like Thor's not supposed to be funny. Why is he so funny in this? And to me, the answer was because it's better. Because you know? it's better and because maybe he's and, been spending time around the the Avengers who are all a little funny and quippy and it's you know, he's sort of evolving as a character and becoming more human. I didn't hate it. Yeah. And look, uh, again, uh, Eric with a great point in the chat. Marvel fans are turning into Star Wars fans. They don't like anything fun. I tend uh, to agree, even though I really dislike so much of what uh, Star Wars has has done with a lot. There's been a very few things that they've done recently that I've enjoyed. But yes, I agree. I, look, I'm just excited for the uh, six part Jar Jar Star Wars story that we're. Uh, oh, yeah. I think that. We've been asking for it and showing that really he's an it. actual Sith Lord. I mean, come on. <laughs> We've been waiting. Okay, now tell me honestly, if you were watching something and there was the reveal that Jar Jar was a Sith Lord, you'd be like, you know what? Thank God they went for something. You know, they made it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, at least they freaking tried and they weren't just like, yeah. meh. Um, for Thor, I think he does work better as he's funny. Cause you know, in the first one, he's a little bit funny. You know, unintentionally funny. Yeah. Almost. And in the Avengers movies, he's kind of funny, you know, like he's nervous at the idea that Steve might be able to pick up Mjolnir, mm -hmm. which was some nice foreshadowing that took a couple of years to pay oh, off. So fantastic, though. When yeah. So uh, and I think that probably a big reason why we've got Chris Hemsworth playing Thor in a fourth movie and inevitably a fifth movie mm -hmm. is because he has fun with the character. And I think if he hadn't become light, and kind of a, you know, a, a fun guy to play. All right. Let's also say that maybe if uh, he'd had a couple of big breakout non Marvel hits, perhaps then he could be looking to move on. But in, in all you know, I think that uh, he just seems like he's having fun, you know? And yeah, he enjoys I don't playing the character. I don't understand some of the reaction to love and thunder in terms of like, look, and I texted you with this after you saw it. It's the fourth movie. You can kind of think it as, as of it as like a, I don't know, like a 10th season premiere of a TV show. What are you really expecting at this point? You just want to hang out with some old friends. You want to have some yeah. fun and it delivers in that. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's always somewhat formulaic. It's what you get, you know? And, well, uh, and the other thing that I like that they did, which uh, this uh, sentiment has been echoed among some other people too that they're like well it wasn't my favorite but at least in this thor movie thor was the star of the movie they didn't sort of have other characters overshadowing thor this was very much a thor movie yeah and even when they had like king valkyrie who the, i really like that character yeah i think she's i think she's really good she's super likable she plays the character really well i love that actress um but they Tessa didn't thompson yes Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and there was a lot of nervousness sort of surrounding this, that, ah, Tessa Thompson was going to become the star and Thor is going to be sort of put on the back burner. People freaking out about it. I just didn't think that happened at all. I thought they did a good job of being like, no, this is a Thor movie. And it felt like a Thor movie. Yeah. I mean, Ragnarok, I thought Hulk was great, his inclusion in it, but that definitely kind of overshadowed some of it. And uh, Eric's 100% right. It was a, quote, classic Thor adventure. It yeah. was definitely another classic Thor adventure. That's what I wanted. And uh, Eric also adds, 
that uh, he said he'll play Thor as long as they want him to. There is no reason that he Fantastic. can't be as old as Sir Anthony Hopkins and continue to be playing some version of Thor. Uh, I, I think that one of the things that I thought might happen in the lead up to the movie that honestly I was relieved it didn't, but because this was his fourth movie and nobody had done a fourth solo movie so far in the MCU, you kind of thought, okay, at some point he's probably going to move on. I was wondering, were they setting up Jane Foster to become the new Thor after this movie? And I think it would have done a disservice to both of them. I thought that I really liked what they did with her character. Mm -hmm. And you and I talked after Ragnarok. I didn't miss her in Ragnarok and I didn't need her back for this, but I thought that they found a really good way to tie up her story to make me care about her again. I was completely indifferent that she was gone. I think Natalie Portman is a phenomenal actress. She's yeah, great. Had nothing she, to do with her. <laughs> yeah, had nothing yeah. to do with her. No. But I was like, there was no reason. So like I, to hear that she was going to be back. All right, that's cool. Oh, she's going to be Thor. It makes me a little nervous. But I thought that it was just such a much deeper storyline than I expected. The fact that she was dealing with cancer. Uh, love that we had a little cameo from Darcy. You know, keep that going. What did you uh, think? What was your expectation going in about Jane? Because I know we talked about this when we knew it was going to be a, a Jane Foster story. Sort of your expectation and then what you actually felt after you saw it. Uh, my expectation was actually very similar to yours. I thought that they were going to set her up to be the new Thor. New, the new Lady Thor. And I know a lot of fans were really annoyed about that. Honestly, myself included. They cut, they did it with Doctor Who. They keep doing this thing where they're like, well, let's just, just gotta put a woman in there. And you're like, why, though? Y you don't. You really don't. There's, like, a plethora of other awesome female superheroes that you can sort of create stories for and work into it. Uh, so I thought that that's what was going to happen. So I was a little bit nervous going into it for that reason. But I agree. I really like the way they handled it. I was not expecting. Are we doing spoilers like big spoilers? Yeah. So, yeah, it's okay. a great point. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Spoiler warning. We always, we always like to talk in the beginning in more general terms. But I will let everybody know now. And look, it's, it came out. What, like 10 days ago? So you really had a chance to watch it. If you're watching this and you haven't seen it, it's you're on kinda dumb. you. But, uh, <laughs> you're kind of stupid. Yeah, like, what hey, I'm watching for? this review. Yeah, I'm watching this review of Thor, but I haven't seen the movie yet. Like, what? Honestly, we've had people who tell me that they do that because they're like, I don't worry about the spoilers. If if you and you know whoever I'm on with didn't like it, they'll take that as like, all right, I don't need to see it. But uh, yeah, so uh, let's... Go ahead and tell everybody that we are doing it with all the spoilers, spoilers. from here to eternity. And uh, I'll even put it up there on the screen. Spoiler-filled reaction to Thor Love and Thunder. All right, all the go spoilers, ahead now. everyone. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, that she was going to die in the end. I thought they were going to figure out some way for her to live. Uh, and, and there was uh, that, that part I was like, oh, shit. All right, she dies. Gotcha. The one, the one sort of, and that scene, the thing that bothered me a little bit was, I'm going to be honest with you, Thor didn't seem too broken up about it. <laughs> he no. didn't, he, towards the end, I was like, wow, he does not seem super bummed that this woman that he was like, we're going to figure it out together. I actually do love her. I want to work this out. Like, let's have a future. And then she dies and he's like, yeah, I'm sad. Kind of. Well, he remembered, <laughs> he remembered about the note. And he was um, like, oh, yeah, I'm still mad about that. Bitch. No, but he also had to come to terms with the fact that it was inevitable that she was going to die. So if she dies that day or in 40 years, what's the difference? You can still 
you can still have that realization, but still be sad that it's happening in the moment. I feel like they didn't capitalize enough on the emotion, the emotional weight of that scene. Well, I'll say that uh, in 40 years when you die, I will react the same way that Thor did. So I would I would be surprised if you reacted. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you reacted even more blase. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean most of the reason will be because i'll be dead but oh, yeah, that's a good point <laughs> yeah that's all right i mean you know it's fine uh and uh again eric in the chat i'm glad they ended jane's story the way they did done with her yeah that was Ouch. enough uh and ivan thoughts thinks that uh thor did look very sad he didn't and- cry at all well, he felt he looked sad enough. Looked Thor wasn't sad. bummed because they introduced Thor's future wife in the movie. Um, are you talking about his adopted daughter? Is that? Yeah, I was like, huh? Are you going into some weird area that I, I was not prepared to discuss, Eric? But uh, I, it's almost like if, if, if that's the stance Eric wants to take, I almost feel like I need to send him a link so he can explain that to us on camera. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, I thought that, uh, you know, and I uh, look, they did a uh, I, I saw something on, you know, like you see a lot of reaction on Twitter and things, obviously. But I saw somebody that posted something about how they felt like this movie should have had some kind of trigger warning because of its depiction of cancer. Uh, oh, and he's saying Sif, who is actually his wife. Yeah, that makes that actually makes sense. Yeah, Erica. 100%. Oh, well, she wasn't. Yeah. Wait, no, yeah, she has been his wife, uh, I think, in comics, and it's sort of inevitable because, you know, uh, although shout out to the line, maybe your arm made it to Valhalla, which uh, I think the first time there was a lot of laughing already going on when that happened. (laughs) But in any case, uh, I thought that, uh, you know, the depiction of cancer, I'm like, why, why would you put a trigger warning like that? That's like a a very important plot point. And I'm sorry for anybody that's had to deal with cancer in their life, you know, Uh, and the fact that it might upset them. But at the same time, it's just like, well, it's, you know, it's got a rating on it. So, you know, what was it? PG-13, I assume. So you kind of know that uh, maybe there's going to be some things that might be a little upsetting. Uh, I thought the uh, team kids in cages is something that maybe more people could have been uh, worried about, you know, having a whole group of them in a cage for a while and just visiting them and telling them stories. And then he gets, I actually did enjoy the fight scene with the kids. I thought that was really fun. That was one of the, that was was one of my wife's favorite sequences uh, in the movie. She, she really liked that. Um, My wife did make up, uh, did bring up the point that, so how come Thor didn't get a wish when they got to eternity? And it was like, well, the fact that, you know, Gore got there first, but it was like, yeah, okay. But then she, he was in that room too. And, and show, so was Jane. I'm like, all right. These are valid points. I thought it <laughs> and, was whoever made it there first. Yes. So that's like, what I said is whoever made it first. there first. And then it's like, well, why were they in there with him? And I'm like, you know, that storytelling choice, I think, is unfortunately the bad answer there. I think that yeah. uh, it doesn't really work. Um, I, and I think it's funny, though, that if Thor had a wish and he's like, oh, wait, I had one. Oh, boy. What could I have wished for? Oh, yeah, Jane. We could have we could have had you live. T- oh, boy. You know, he like finds this. out he finds out later that yeah, uh, he's like, oh, I shit. had a wish. <laughs> I do like that. They reunited Jane with um, uh, his name is completely blanking. Idris Elba. I mean, we'll just say that for now. 
Heimdall. Ye- God damn. Heimdall. That was gonna yeah, I know. I had it too. And then my you- brain just like farted out. And I was like, yeah, something what the about fuck you talking to me makes me dumber. So I was like, wait, I had his name too in my head. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. Yeah. No, no. That's a, that's a great, uh, yeah. We'll, and we'll talk about the other uh, post credit scene, or that, I guess that's a mid credit scene a little later. But that was a very nice, uh, like, oh, yeah. Jane's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's in- Idris Elba's there in, in, in yeah. Valhalla. Honestly, you could just be like, yeah, there's actually no other people here. She'd be like, I'm good. You know, I have Heimdall. It's totally fine. Yeah. I really don't need anything else. <laughs> Thor, Thor brings her back who? and yeah, Thor brings her back. And she was like, so I married Heimdall in Valhalla. I'd really like to go back. Thank you. Yeah. This was, you why did kill you me bring again? me for this? Yeah. <laughs> Make sure it's in battle. Yeah. So I really, uh, I, I, I appreciated the Jane story more than I thought I would. I mean, they added this layer to her. It was sad. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. expect it to be sad at all, you know, and just the idea that, you know, Mjolnir was killing her uh, was, you know, I thought that was uh, some next level uh, stuff that I don't know. You don't know. Look, the, you can, you can chastise these uh, Marvel movies for being formulaic and feeling familiar, but They'll surprise you. They'll sneak up on you. And I mean, Zia, you don't have any capacity for feelings or emotion. No, I don't. But I still felt a little tingling in the hollow in my chest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for where your heart used to be. My heart used to be. Yeah. Before Before the world destroyed it. Yeah, before it was encased in carbonite. And it just kind of sits there like this now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I, I really liked that. What, uh, what stood out for you personally about Jane in this movie compared to her earlier appearances? I like that in this movie, she's sort of coming to terms with her mortality because it's upcoming. So it's something that she has to, she clearly doesn't want to because she's working hard in the lab trying to figure out a way to cure it if she can. So she's working on living. So she hasn't like completely let go. And then she sort of reunites with Thor and realizes, you know, how much she actually does love him. And how much she sort of regrets the way things went in the relationship. But also realizing that it wasn't her fault and it wasn't his fault. It was really just a combination of the two of them and sort of how things went. Um, But yeah, it was. It was sad. It was emotional. She was... This is is how good Natalie Portman's acting is. Where she's Thor and then she immediately goes into being this really sick cancer-ridden patient sort of back and forth like that. She plays that really, really well. Yeah, they did a good job at ugging her up. I I, I felt like, you know. It's hard to do. Amen. <laughs> I'm right there <laughs> with you. But, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, just the way that she looked when she wasn't Thor anymore, the contrast yeah. I thought was fantastic. And they it, it really, I think, hits home because of that. And I liked the the team, you know, her and Valkyrie. And of course, Korg, uh, I thought that uh, getting as much Korg as we did in this movie uh, was nice. I like that uh, Korg's you- just around. I like that he ended up as just a face, but he was still alive. I thought they killed Korg for real. I was I, I, that part bummed me out. I was like, excuse me. I know. I was just like, all right, I guess they felt like he didn't fit in the story. And they're like, no, 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 no. Uh, and so Ivan Soto asks, uh, so she was uglied up. So what they really did is they cancered her up uh, and you know, the way that they made her look sick and you know, the point that we're making is that Jane, well, Natalie Portman's beautiful and they managed to do that. And uh, I I like the other end of the spectrum though, from uh, Eric, who we appreciate being here today. Jane was less (laughs) annoying in this film, but this is, this is the screenshot right here. Killing Jane was fan service that I'm really glad 
that they did. That's hilarious. Eric is yeah. like, just die. The whole yeah. movie, he, he's like, does she die? And he feels like they throttled Valkyrie back. They got to unleash her at some point. I think that there was less room for her in this movie. Yeah, I don't. Of- I'm glad they didn't put her in the forefront because it would have it would have been too much competing of main characters and storylines. I think she her part was perfect in it. I would like to see more Valkyrie, but maybe in something separate. That's what I was going to say. Please give us more. Even if it's Thor five, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think that it would have been a little too crowded. It was the right amount of Korg. Um, What I do want to talk about are a couple of minor complaints. One is that I really thought we were going to get more Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie. And the first time I thought, uh, first time I saw this movie, I actually thought Dave Bautista didn't speak at all. And then I realized the second time I saw it, he did speak twice. He had two lines. Mantis basically just growls once. And I don't know what Chris Pratt was shooting parallel to this movie, but man, they just, his hair was all poofed out. And I'm like, and, and my wife even said, it's like, he didn't really look like Peter Quill. I'm like, no, he looked like Chris Pratt was doing another movie and they, you know, they loaned him out for like a week. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that they didn't put much guardians in because the guardians movie is coming and they're going to yeah. focus on the guardians for that. And they just, and sort a of, Christmas special before the movie and a Christmas special before the movie. Yeah. And, and it kind it does kind of feel like they rush shot those scenes for this movie. Yeah. Like maybe well, later on. Well, they needed to explain how he went off with the Guardians right. in at the at the end of Endgame. So, uh, and then the interesting thing is, I was under the impression that you know the release order changed when Marvel uh, had to part ways with James Gunn before they ultimately brought him back, and then he they had parted ways just long enough for him to create some of the best content that uh, DC has had in years in terms of the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. And uh, James Gunn actually said that. Even in his original draft of the of the the Guardians Volume Three, Thor wasn't going to be in it, so it was going to be explained away fairly quickly, yeah. and just you know, sort of give us the impression that there were lots more classic Thor adventures with the uh, with the Guardians. But uh, I, you know, Groot doesn't need to say much in these movies because he does only have the one line. But there's very little of all of them. And I always feel bad for Karen Gillian for every time she has to get all that makeup put on and then they don't really do much with her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was like, you know, it's, uh, you know, when, when she did her like cameo in the last episode of Matt Smith's Doctor Who, she just had to put a wig on. That was really all she had to do, you know? And they, she was not in the room with him. It was in a different studio, but still, this is just like, oh man, she's got to, keep her head shaved and all the blue paint and all that stuff. Um, what did you think about the amount of guardians that we got? I, I was fine with it. I was fine with the amount of guardians that we got because it's a Thor movie. And that also would have overcrowded it. Like they just, it was just sort of an explaining of like, okay, he was with the guardians. Now he's not that now this is Thor's story. I think that it wouldn't have, it actually wouldn't have worked very well. If I think they had, I think if they had more guardians again, it would have been too crowded and it would have been too long. I think that it was just sort of the right amount of everything. And then he went off and, and did his own thing. And then it was the him and, and, and Jane story. And, and, this is a little bit off topic, but I think one of my favorite parts of the movie was the sort of love triangle that he had between him and his two weapons, Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, yeah. was probably one of my favorite things. So I'm glad they spent the time on things like that instead of the Guardians. Yeah, 
I, I do agree. I like when Stormbreaker would kind of creep into the creep shop. in, and <laughs> just then, look at him, <laughs> and, and then you know when he was like admiring Zeus's lightning bolt, which we'll get to Zeus shortly. Uh, the idea that like you know Stormbreaker was like, oh, oh hell no, <laughs> I am uh -huh. not having this. Uh, I, I yeah, I did it. I do agree that a lot of that stuff was fun. I. I I just, I just, I knew the Guardians were in this movie because of the trailer. I just could have used a little bit more, but I do think that they did an excellent job of explaining him away from their lives, which is that they were ready. They wanted him to leave. They were like, <laughs> you know? please go. He's like, I, and another thing that I saw people were all fucking salty about was like, oh, they're making Thor buy. They're doing a whole in the trailer because they showed that look between him when he was like talking about people that he loves and he was trying to like sneak in there. And I remember people being just like absolutely furious about that online. Like, oh, they're making him buy the, 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 and then turns out that that's not at all what it is. Like it yeah. wasn't that kind of love that they were talking about. He just wanted to feel, he wanted to feel loved by people that he cared about and belonged to something. And there's that tight knit family that the guardians had that they've, you know, developed through shared experiences and coming together and they're sort of this little ragtag group and i think thor was there for a bit but he was never really a part of it and he was looking to be a part of something and then he kind of found that again with J i don't think it was meant to be like a romantic love i think he just wanted to no he, he wants wanted them to, be, to pair he wants to be part of the gang but in the way that he needs them all to look up to him. And, and he walked away feeling like it was going to be difficult for them to not have Thor around anymore, you know? And I, I thought it was great yeah. that, you know, that that was sort of his stance was like, I know it's going to be hard. Yeah. I'll let you have the ship and all of that. Uh, He's like, so, it's my ship. <laughs> yeah. So He's you're like, going to give me my ship. ship. He's like, yes, uh, she's a, she's a rascal, that one. But uh, I also, uh, I, 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 I think it, it, Logically, storytelling wise, it was fine. I appreciate that this movie was a solid two hours. We don't need, well, we definitely don't need the Batman length movies in the no, MCU. There was no you know, reason for the that. exception will always be Endgame because it was what chapter 23 in an ongoing story. You need three hours for that. But for this movie, I didn't need more time spent on other things. So more Guardians would have meant that. So it was just more disappointment because I like them so much and I want to see them more. But as you pointed out, Zia, I'm going to say it. You were right, Zia. So you can isolate that. And what? <laughs> I'm going to isolate that. And every time you piss me off, I'm going to play it. <laughs> oh, no, it'll be my ringtone when you call. Zia, you were right. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, that'll be, uh, you'll be playing it constantly for when I piss you off. So uh, a Guardians movie. It's coming. We're soon. getting, yeah, Guardians Volume 3. They finished it. They finished the Christmas special. So more Guardians in our life soon enough. And then, uh, that chapter, uh, you know, will end. Uh, Eric, with something I had not considered, but I do want to bring this in. They made Mantis hot. I don't know what they did different this time. I and he continues. I noticed that. The, that group pose on the ramp before she the ship left, they definitely made her stand out. I've always found her hot. You know, when I found her the most hot was when she was excited about... Ooh, knives when she was yeah. trying to get them to fight. <laughs> yes, I you really know? did like that. <laughs> that to me, that was like I fell in love with her in that moment. <laughs> that was <laughs> but, she's but, a good character. I like Mantis a lot. I do like Mantis a lot. And yeah. it sucks that Dave Batista is pretty much he did, like doesn't really want to play um Drax. what's his name and Drax anymore. 
That's okay. Uh, he can move on and do other stuff. It's fine. We're getting, you know, Drax is going to be in this movie. I, you know, the, the guardians volume three, uh, but uh, you know, I don't know that we're going to get the guardians as we know them beyond that movie. Yeah. I think they're going to sort of separate and that we might lose yeah. a couple and it's going to be, it's definitely not going to be what we, but you know what? It, that's also fine. Guardians is one of those movies and those properties that no, myself included, not a lot of people knew who the fuck they were. And, and, there was some sort of hesitancy around making those movies because people were like, well, wh who are they? Is anyone going to care about them? But it was massively successful. I think way more successful than the Eternals. And that was another similar sort of thing. Not a lot of people were super familiar with the Eternals. Yeah, for sure. And the more time, like I, I left enjoying the Eternals, but the more time that I spend away from it and watching other things, the less I like it, actually. <laughs> like as, right, as but, time goes on. But the fact that there was a post credit scene that set up your favorite entry in the future of that the MCU, I'm excited about. So it's like, it's almost like I don't even remember the previous two hours. I, and 40 yep. Minutes. I'm just so excited <laughs> for Blade. I'm just so excited. And if Wesley Snipes doesn't get a cameo, I know you'll be upset. That's going to be uh, really fucking annoying. And as I love Mahershala Ali, I know that I called, I was like, he'd make a great Blade. And then he was fucking cast as Blade. So I was like, oh. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I, I think Mahershala Ali will be great. Oh, he's going to be so good. That's going to be fantastic. But it's hard. It's going to be hard to see someone else playing Blade that's not Wesley Snipes, especially when Wesley Snipes is still around. So they're going to have to use him for something. Yeah. Look, if they then stick him in a remake of Passenger 57, that is when I am going to be offended. Uh, Eric adds good. that Batista's done with Drax, but said if James Gunn asks for him back, he would. He will only work with James for Marvel. So that tells me that uh, perhaps he didn't enjoy working for the Russos or anyone in, you know, Avengers movies that he showed up in. That's, that's, it's not too hard to read through that, but, uh, and Ivan wants to know why they're ending the guardians. What's ending is that James Gunn's not going to do anymore after volume three. He feels like he's done with them at that point, but he's certainly open to other Marvel projects, DC projects. Um, I really I hope that, that DC utilizes him because he, yeah. they keep, really save that fucking IP man. I, I think that uh, it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't uh, let him play in somewhere in Star Wars, you know, like guys like him and Taika Waititi doing stuff in Star Wars should be okay. with no characters I we've ever seen before. Just in that universe, tell your story within this universe, both of them. And uh, I agree. Yeah. with that but my one qualm with Taika Waititi is like I look I love him I, everything that he does I've always enjoyed that I've seen True. um but he's doing Star especially Wars especially the politics in Jojo Rabbit I'm sorry go ahead I still haven't seen Jojo Rabbit I gotta watch <laughs> well then it. the joke doesn't really work but uh, that's, <laughs> I understand that's a, there's, that is a fantastic movie you I really would, need to watch you would love people. that movie. yeah um but my 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 qualm sort of there is you know he, I'm not saying you have to be an expert, but I feel like, especially if you're going to tell other stories, but I feel like you should know, maybe just know Star Wars a little bit more. I don't know. They keep hiring oh. these people. That so do you yeah. mean because Taika Waititi asked yes. Portman if she'd be in his movie you're, and then he forgot? that she was in the prequels. Look, a lot of us have forgotten the prequels. Okay. <laughs> I know the prequels are fun. We all like to, we want to pretend no. like they never happened. Look, but... I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but after the sequel trilogy, I think all of us owe an apology to the prequels. So, you know, <laughs> after seven, eight there. and nine as a collective, uh, one, two, and three, 
not not so bad. By the way, uh, I don't think I don't know that I've talked to you about this, but I've talked about it on on other podcasts. Uh, as of now, I've watched episodes four and five with Felix, and uh, oh. he's he's itching for Return of the Jedi, and I'm like, don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, and, he's, and is uh, he enjoying them? Yes, and that the most great. interesting thing about watching it uh, with an almost seven year old is their appreciation is completely. He loves R2-D2. He thinks R2-D2 is hysterical. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. He is. I just didn't think of it that way. And uh, close second, C-3PO. Just all of his, his like, no more adventures. That made him laugh like like me watching <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey tell his uh, story in The Aristocrats. Like, he just, <laughs> no more adventures. And so, yeah. So it's it's what I, it's honestly the only reason I had kids so that I could watch Star Wars with them one day and experience and, it yeah. anew. It's like, no, it and I intentionally hadn't watched it. the original trilogy in like more than a decade. I don't even, wow. I couldn't even tell you the last wow. one because I knew that I was like, I'm going to watch it with my kids, you know? Uh, so, but anyway, back to uh, the MCU. And Keith's dad has a fantastic point that I want to bring up. And I had not thought about this. So Keith's dad, he does a little drive by. He pokes a hole in the movie. Has anyone realized that getting the hammer, he means Stormbreaker, to ask the question of eternity was a whole lot easier than collecting the Infinity Stones? Where was Thanos on that? And his follow-up is, in fact, it was also easier than having to invent time travel like they did to fix what Thanos did. So his point is, couldn't Thanos have just asked eternity, let's get rid of half of the population. And it would have been easier to just, you know, but we, you know, he would have needed to use the rainbow bridge as it existed at that time. He could have done that though. He could have opened a Bifrost is the point. Um, that's a great point from Keith's dad. Uh, you're just trying to take the last five years of Marvel away from us though. And I don't appreciate that Keith, Keith's dad. All right. So uh, stop trying to be smarter than all of us, but it's well, a great, just, I hadn't, no one had said that to me. I hadn't thought about that. I had what do you or, think? Wow. Do you think that, uh, what if, what if Thanos could have figured that out? I mean, I guess if Thanos could have figured it out, the only thing that I'm like you, I'm like, let's just not take any of it away. And in my head, it's going to be that he didn't know anything about it. Maybe it was just a, it was just a like, well, no, because Gore knew about it. This is, you know, God damn it, Keith's dad. Yeah, that's Keith's dad's smarter than the Keith is going to be smarter than both of us because Keith's dad is so smart. Is so smart. Just sharing that knowledge. <laughs> um, fuck, that is that is a very excellent point. Uh, yeah, he and, didn't even uh, try. Yeah, I, I don't usually love a story where the villain decides, you know, where they have won, but they decide to do something that is not winning. The comic book version of civil war ends in a similar way where it's like, I've won, but no, I don't want to be the winner. And I'm like, boo. When I finally read that, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, and then this is one of those. So it's like, he has to decide. No, I want my daughter to live instead of killing all the gods. All right. That's the only way it's acceptable. It's, it's definitely a little anticlimactic though. Because, it's a little anticlimactic, but at least it makes sense. If yes. you could choose between killing more or like bringing your daughter back, which was part of the reason that you're fucking losing it, of course you'd bring your daughter back. Right. And the only way it works is that he was dead anyway. Yeah. If he was going to be able to live, he's like, yeah, but what about I kill all the gods and then I spend the rest of my life trying to figure out how to bring my daughter back. Um, but let's use this moment to just talk about how great Christian Bell was as God, that character. So good. It I was, was kind of surprised. 
it was not as narrow of a performance as I thought it was going to be. Like the way he interacted with the kids was horrifying, but it was great. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's sort of in a way that only Christian Bale could pull off, honestly. And, and I was a little bit surprised they went with more human gore than alien gore because gore in the comics looks pretty different than, you know, yeah, but that was very simple. Taika Waititi said that it was because he looked too much like Voldemort in the comics. It's that simple was that they were just like, we're not going to put that in a movie. That's fucking hysterical. They did as like, if you look for it somewhere out there on Twitter, there's like a side by side and you're like, all right, I get it. No, that makes perfect sense. And then also I feel like it sort of allows uh, better facial uh, acting, I guess from, yeah, from uh, Christian hey, Bale, which of, is necessarily not a bad thing. Speaking of facials, what's your OnlyFans? Hey guys, subscribe to OnlyFans on Zealand. <laughs> that was good. I'm still taking that opportunity. It's and You go do it. <laughs> well, just facials made me laugh, so I thought it was a good time. Don't worry, we'll make sure we get it and we, we yeah, get that. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, so Keith's dad continues. He's apologizing for being smarter than us. Never apologize. Uh, the God butcher is mad at gods because he believes they don't care for anyone except themselves. So his plan is to kidnap people. The gods care about to bring them to him. Uh, he says it makes no sense. No, it makes sense, but, uh, you know, it's definitely hypocritical. And he says that, uh, as, uh, as a movie, I love Thor love and thunder for a plot, not the strongest. Yeah, I, it's fine. You know, I, I, I agree that uh, it's not the strongest, most surprising movie at every turn. No, uh, it wasn't anything fucking spectacular even, but it was a it was a good time. I went in, I laughed, enjoyed some stuff and I left. And I feel like I, at the end of the day, like you could sit down and really pick stuff apart. But at the end of the day, I spent two hours enjoying myself. And then, and then I'm happy for that. And that's all I wanted. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the complaint that I saw online, and it seems like it's the go-to for everything. This movie is too woke. And I'm like, why is this movie too woke? How is because this movie woke? That's my question. it turns out that rock people are gay when they procreate. So it offends your long-held belief of rock people. <laughs> That is the only thing woke about it. What? You're surprised that Valkyrie had a wife? We knew that. That's not a revelation in here. Yeah, and who cares? 100% knew that about her. All right? And also, by the way, she had a wife, but she, (laughs) pun intended, she was uh, certainly able to sit back and enjoy some grapes when uh, Thor was stripped down. Look, a work of art is still a work of art. Look, yeah, she certainly didn't seem to mind. I don't think anyone minded. Everyone was like, well, hello. Korg was even like, I loved it. Uh, (laughs) Some of those some of those great Korg reactions. Um, Yeah. And I'm just like, I I, look, there are things there's times when people throw woke on something and I'm like, all right, I can get it. Yeah, no, there are times that it annoys the shit out of me, too. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm the first to criticize when they make certain uh, choices when clearly the point is to to ah, we got to be woke. We got to do that instead of actually servicing the story and the plot and the characters. And trust me, they do that plenty. And Disney is annoys. Look, I'm going to criticize Disney a little bit, not as much as some people. Some people fucking hate Disney, but this is something that Disney does that pisses me off. They do this thing where they tell everybody else that they have to be better and they insert all of this as people say woke stuff because they do do that quite a bit. Sure. Uh, but then they'll cater to other racist countries like China who doesn't want uh, black characters front and center. So they take them off of their fucking 
posters, the, the China post or like putting them in the back. And it's just wild to me that and and they'll take out gay scenes and gay kisses from movies so that they can they can be shown in Saudi Arabia and some of those Middle Eastern countries. And to me, it's just such hypocritical bullshit. And I hate when they do stuff like that. I can't stand it. Right. But no, exactly. And, that and by the way, said, that there, there are times now where they're not taking scenes like that out. So, uh, thank God year they didn't take it least. out for international release, but, uh, the best example, I think going back, we're talking about the star Wars sequel trilogy, the, uh, poster for force awakens in yeah. China had, uh, had John Boyega was much smaller than he was. And uh, way in the he was back. like one of the main, he was one of the stars in the US. And then here he's like, ah, he's, you know, he's in it somewhere. He's like, there's, there's, you know, there's a black guy in this movie. But yeah. Don't it's worry, a, but, but look, BB 8's bigger yeah, on the poster. Yeah. yeah. yeah look, it's BB very hypocritical. So but honestly, how they run their business around the world, I, I think it is hypocritical. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, that's like an extra billion dollars sometimes. Yeah, so look, if, I get it. But also yeah. then don't do the bullshit of telling yes. people here in the U.S. 100%. like, well, you're going to better fucking deal with it or you're a piece of shit person. Like, go yeah. fuck yourself. Right. Um, and But that that being said, like when it comes to things like even the, the kiss and, and light year, I didn't watch it because I don't give a shit and I don't have kids. Uh, but like, you know, people but I do so have kids about and there's a robot cat in that movie. So believe me, I'm very glad I took my kids to see it. So. <laughs> And I'm sure like, yeah, people that are like, what are, will my kids think if you see two women peck? Like you haven't seen a header, that kind of shit to me. Or like even when this one, they're like, it's woke. It's like, okay, so if there's a gay character anywhere or like a female character. So there are people that fucking bitch and cry about stuff. Like I, I saw someone make a post about it people whining if a woman has more than 15 minutes of screen time. And, 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 and I do notice that some people do that. Like there are the, there are the, the woke side that went too fucking far. And then there are the people who are all like, no, you woke me. And then they go too far. And they're both fucking just as irritating to me uh, because you're going to throw a fit because Valkyrie is married to a woman. You know, lesbians do exist, right? Like it's all right. If they're, they're in media, like, I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not, why the fuck is that a big deal to you? Yeah, no, exactly. And it doesn't hurt the story. It well, doesn't. Th that's really what it is. And it's like, you know, I think that if storytelling is representative, you know, look, I, I, I again, rabbit holes I don't want to go down. You mentioned Doctor Who earlier, and there was a point over okay, the last couple of years where every couple that you met, mm -hmm. anyone that had an anecdote was part of a same-sex relationship. And yeah. I'm like, well, you're going the wrong way. You're trying to, you know, you're making it seem like there are no heterosexual relationships. And you're trying too hard then. And it's not even woke. I'm just like, that's just, you're trying to overcorrect. Just have it representative, you know, like characters where you feel like it works as you write the story. And, you know, when you do it, you know, look, there's moments in history where we could have been more woke. You yeah, think that course. any one of those friends, there was nobody on that show, friends that auditioned that could have been black or Latino. So nobody good read for any look, of those parts. This is going to be my argument there though. The way the show is now is too is good yeah. and and it worked because they all worked together and their chemistry yes. worked i'm not saying someone would have been good but it might not have been the same show it might not have been as good and come on let's be real there's groups of just white friends were you gonna yeah, say you need to put white people in the jeffersons no come on <laughs> well there well there were there were white people in the jeffersons but uh they they were you know away they were right? the outliers they lived yeah. across the hall yeah it's a whole thing but yeah. i know exactly uh what you're saying and I think that there's times where, you know, what people call woke is just representative of the way the world is. It's taking right. into consideration your yes. audience. The fact that 
we have a Chinese American superhero. We have a Pakistani American superhero from New Jersey. Shout out to New Jersey for Kamala Khan is Marvel. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, because if I was cynical, I'd be like, yeah, so that you can sell those characters around the world. You know, like we've got, you've got Black Panther and Storm, you know, like you have these, these great characters that, yeah, they should, people who watch movies around the world, across the country should look up on the screen and be like, yeah, you know, I mean, I have the problem that growing up, almost every Marvel character looked like me, Peter Parker, Scott Summers, you know, Matt Murdock, you know, just, they basically all look like a version of me. So I, I couldn't pick who I identified with, you know? of you. <laughs> but, uh, in, in any case, uh, so that criticism, I'm like, look, if somebody saw this movie and just like, it just was like a, was a, a dumb big budget superhero movie. I'm like, all right, sure. They all are, you know, yeah, it's just, that's their point. Not everything has to be fucking, yeah. you know, some- I'm glad that this didn't set up phase five, six, and seven. And what about this moment? What did right? just tell a story? Let's have fun. And then you can do some other stuff. Uh, let's, uh, and I'll get to my big complaint. I'm going to save it towards the end. I think we lost, uh, Eric, unfortunately, because it was something he brought up in the chat, but, uh, if he comes back, I'll make sure that I, that I bring it uh, up. Um, and this is just because we're still, uh, t- we're just finishing talking about it. Uh, Keith's dad makes a point as someone who leans right, I call a movie woke when they sacrifice a story for wokeness. And Zia, I know you exactly. agree with what he says. Oh, next. my fucking Like God. that girl Ghostbusters. Yes, that was woke. I agree. This movie just had people in it, real people. I was fine with it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Keith's yes. dad. Yeah. Keith's dad pops in on uh, Biden time sometimes. And uh, I appreciate that because uh, obviously we live in a society where we used to be able to have differences of opinion and still have a conversation. Uh, now it's, you know, basically everybody's throwing bricks at each other. Uh, Which is literally... why I rarely like to get into this shit. Like when yeah. the Roe v, like not to get into politics, when the Roe v. Wade thing happened, like I just shut my fucking mouth. Cause I, what were you just going to have people screaming at each other? Yeah. Like that's all that, all, that's all that was. I looked on Twitter. I was like, I'm taking a fucking Twitter break. I can't even handle you you were just mad because on your punch card you had five abortions on there and the next one was going to be And free. the next one was going to be free. I could have fucking let's I could let an exclusion me for the th- thousandth time. I do it for like special occasions. Oh. You know, like his birthday. And you know what? Uh, Keith I'll apologize for even saying that because I don't want you to leave. Uh, <laughs> but I just seem funny in my head. But no, I know. And and look, I think we should be able to talk about it. And if it's just like, I don't think if somebody doesn't think this movie's good, that's fine. You know, but yeah, I don't care. It's not going to change how I feel about it. So yeah. could be like, it's hot trash. And I'm like, let's All right. bring it back to Doctor Who for a moment. What is the biggest problem with that show? Is that there is a woman in the lead? No, it's the really painful, shitty writing. And I wish Eric was here because I know that's where he agrees. You don't even watch it anymore. No, I don't know I why I do it to I'm myself. I'm fucking done. I don't know why you do either. Eric wanted me to hate watch it with him so we could talk about it. And I was yeah. like, first of all, I'm not giving them the view. <laughs> the, yeah. the one view if more people were just like this is garbage we're not watching it they'd stop making trash uh and second of all yeah it just hurts it just hurts because it's this property that you love so much yeah. and you've watched it and look not all the past seasons were like a crazy and amazing there were you know seasons and episodes where i was like all right that wasn't the best but overall it was still doctor who and it still felt like doctor who when yeah. chris chibnall took over and this is what's so frustrating he did torchwood i fucking love torchwood torchwood's great i don't understand what happened 
I'm sure it could have been a number of things. And I think that that's in one instance, like Keith's dad said, that that is a great example of what woke really is like that. They went way fucking woke with, with that. And they started sacrificing stories and they started sacrificing writing and they started sacrificing characters. Right. But you've seen enough leaks that you know what the 60th anniversary is going to be for that show. Right? Yeah. I still don't know if I want to watch it. So like, wait, you don't want to watch Russell T that? Davies producing <laughs> David Tennant and, uh, and Donna. I can't is it going to, is it, uh, uh, Catherine Tate. Yeah. Thank you. Are, are they going to to undo everything else, the other trash, or is it just? No, I don't like think a... so. I, I think it, it. You know what? But even Chris Chibnall says he expects Russell T Davies to basically ignore what he did because that's usually what they do. Uh, but I'm just saying you'll be able to watch that episode in a vacuum and probably yeah, enjoy it. That's maybe. my point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, Keith made the point. He's got three points in a row. I can talk politics without getting butt hurt. I stopped watching Doctor Who too woke for, woke for me. Also, it is. Woke. It is a uh, great and a example. And uh, yeah. Great so, example of being too Believe me, that's, that, that there's, there's whole other conversations uh, to have on there. But uh, so look, I, I and I don't know. People seem to, to be excited when uh, a, a, a movie makes a lot of money, but not as much money as it could have. And it's like, or, what do you care? It's like it's like rooting for a team you don't like, I suppose. I and guess. It's like yeah. People people have a bee in their bonnet about Disney. You know what? Disney could lose as much money as we've we can imagine over the next 10 years. And you know what? Disney's going to be fine. It's you know, it's it's I think it's $35 to park at Disneyland. Do you think Disney's really hurting? You know, it's $7 for a Coke at Disneyland. Believe me, Disney's fine. Yeah, you know, Disney's going to be just fine. They uh, have their own streaming service. All this mm -hmm. stuff is, it's like they put it out in the movies for fun. It's really just going to live on their streaming service eventually. What were you going to say, Zia? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. And there, look, there are certain shows that, you know, like you said, characters and representatives. I, I am fine with having not everything made for me. Not everything has to be made for me. There are certain shows that I'm just skipping and I'm not even upset about it. Then just don't fucking watch. I'm not watching right. this Marvel. I think that show, it's about a young superhero girl. It's a, I just think that that show's just not for me. It's not a show that well, was made for me, so I'm not going to watch it. I will tell you it's better than Cloak and Dagger. So sure it's not it that tone, but I did think of you when I saw it. I actually think for a complete season of a Marvel show, it's my favorite. I think they told the best story. Really? The others, I felt all even WandaVision, it kind of just ran out of gas at the end and it, it, it let me down. WandaVision, it's still very good. WandaVision, but then the way it Loki ended, I was still my favorite though. Which one? Loki. Then Loki was great. Yeah. And I think with Loki, it's still open ended for uh, what season two brings. I kind of want to mm -hmm. see how that, but uh, Hawkeye was a huge disappointment for me. Hawk, Hawkeye was all right. It was fun. Yeah. I but uh, no, for me, Ms. Marvel, I thought they, they nailed it. Uh, the, they did the best job of telling the story, but uh, you know, she's going to be in the Marvels, which is a movie you'll probably try to avoid anyway, because uh, Brie Larson's in it. So <laughs> uh, why did they just replace her? Everybody would be so happy. I feel like that's one thing that sort of everybody can kind of agree on. They just really didn't like Brie Larson. <laughs> you know, I, 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 if they replace her, that's fine, but I don't need her replaced. Oh, um, I do. 
God. But uh, Keystad says that uh, Disney can do some amazing things. Sometimes they make crap. That's normal. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. honestly, they're still way ahead of Warner Brothers. I'm just pointing it out. That is <laughs> yeah. an excellent point. They still make way better yeah. movies. Um, um, I had go ahead. some other point. I forgot. The, no, I, I forgot. I had some other point. I just well, I do want to uh, bring up our. Uh, our mid credit scene, but tie in this comment from Jake Clark, not as good as Ragnarok. I agree with that, but entertaining Bale and Portman stole the show. I mean, they were both great in it. I think that without uh, Chris Hemsworth front and center, this movie is not great. I hope they make Thor five with Hercules as a darker villain. Ah, yes, uh, that was a great reveal. I had not had that spoiled. Um, my friend Michael Shirley tends to try to spoil, uh, not even try to, he inadvertently spoils lots of casting news because he thinks I know already. This one, I think he didn't know who he was, so he didn't know. I don't spoil. know who he is, but I well, think it's hilarious so, that they cast a Jewish guy to play a Greek. Well, Greek so yeah, Brett Goldstein <laughs> is Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. So he's, okay, I've a, never he's seen a football Ted player Lasso. on Ted Lasso. It's gotcha. too nice. I don't think you would enjoy it. The I probably would nice. hate it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody yeah. says it's so feel good, and I'm like, I don't no. want to feel good. <laughs> yeah, no. The only the, the only feel good you like is Doctor Feel Good, if you know. Yeah. I mean. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, I feel like uh, it, it's a fun casting choice because he's just sort of this miserable, uh, but yet lovable character on that show. Okay. And it's. It's non-traditional casting and it's, it's thinking outside the box. Uh, so yeah, I'm not I against think, it. I just saw it and I was like, that is an interesting choice. Yeah. This will be. So we'll I see. thought it was fun. And uh, I liked that scene. I was glad that uh, Thor only thought he killed Zeus. Um, and, and that's sort of yes. the other positive to talk about. I thought that the, uh, what what was that? I can't remember what they called like the the God City. They had a name for it. Oh my and I've god! I've seen the movie yeah. twice and I forgot. I forgot too. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Somebody in the chat watches more closely than I do, Someone. so somebody tell us. What or it just was. has a better memory. They're yeah, less old. and uh, Keith liked uh, Keith's <laughs> so dad good. liked that Russell Crowe doing Italian. You know, it's like a Greek accent. But I read that they I thought actually, it was Italian. It's they got filmed an Italian it a few different too. ways with a few different accents. And I'm okay. like, why would you do that? Just have him ADR it like six different ways and see what works. But I guess the, he carries himself differently, but I forgot Russell Crowe was in this movie. So when he came on the screen, my first thought was who ate Russell Crowe. Then <laughs> I said, so Oh, fat. he's so fat. Look, he's, <laughs> he's, he's taking that singing in the Les Mis movie harder than the rest of us is the way that I interpreted it. <laughs> Uh, but I, uh, thank you, uh, Ivan, omnipotent city. Yeah. There omnipotent city. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and just the number of references to orgies and Thor so saying, you know, and, and we, we won't eat children. Not anymore. Those were dark times. Just <laughs> lots of, lo lots of acknowledgement that the gods are terrible people, you know, <laughs> which I, which I appreciated. Yeah. yeah uh, but I thought that sequence was actually just fun. I, I don't know. It, it's. Uh, I thought we could have gotten some cool cameos of uh, other gods, you know, not Muhammad. Let's not be crazy. You know, <laughs> we, don't, Going a little we, far. We, we saw what happened to uh, to the South Park guys. Uh, you know, uh, what, what, you know, those episodes just magically disappeared. 
but, which is really saying something because South Park gets away with some shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, let's talk about that. And then uh, I'll end on my my big actual complaint uh, about the movie. But uh, just uh, talk a little bit about an omnipotent city and seeing Thor and everyone interact with all these gods. Oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great because what was interesting to me was they knew about it, but they never went there. And I wonder they were aware of who Thor was, which also brought up a really funny point uh, or I guess a point that uh, Zeus made about like, you're the you're the god of thunder and I'm the god of lightning. And then what did he say to that effect of like shitting on him being the god of thunder? I forget what it was, but it's hilarious because Thor's the god of thunder, but he does use lightning a lot. Like constantly. Like, like He's time. definitely more the god of lightning than he That's is of thunder. I'm thinking. And I like in that moment, I was like, yeah, <laughs> which was really funny. But I, I liked watching them interact. And I again, I think that nobody was upset to see uh, his ass. Good Lord. And uh, I did love his back tat for Loki and oh it, cause God, it says rest in mischief. Yes, that was, and, and it was just so funny. It's so great. It's like, of course he would do that. He wants yes. to be long and be part of a family and yet his whole family's gone. So he, even Loki who on many occasions tried to kill him, <laughs> he's still like, on. yeah, I mean, like he, look, he, he sort of redeemed himself by dying for him anyway, you know, multiple times, multiple yes. times he did for real, but yeah, that's yeah. so fucking great. But anyway, no. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I thought it was cool to see all the different gods. I thought that, um, they portrayed really well that I'm going to be honest with you. If there are, if there is a God or there are actual gods, I believe that that's what's happening. I think they fucking give a shit about any of us when they live for eternity and they are getting fucking lost doing orgies and God only knows what else, you know, like it just, yeah, that well, was to me funny. The I, god I that Gore crawls to in the beginning of the movie, that's what I imagine. Like, so indifferent, yes. and they hate the people who worship him. You know, it's like it's like the biggest celebrities, they just, you know, they despise <laughs> the people who have made them so famous and yes. so revered, you know. Which so, is hilarious. But yeah, yeah, I feel like that's exactly what it would be like. And it's sort of like uh, what the boys does with superheroes. Because as much as I love Marvel superheroes and showing them as, you know, with the occasional antihero and stuff of, of how superheroes would be, the boys is a much more realistic. Yeah. And I think that it's a great way to end today. the story is to, you know, pair him up, like to give him the purpose of love which is the daughter mm -hmm. uh and raising her and i thought that the interaction uh you know hits a little close close to home because i think if um my daughter could shoot lasers at me she absolutely would sometimes so yeah. uh, i would need to be really quick with the frying pan yeah i know that was their interactions were really cute and i thought it was nice that thor has lost so much it was nice that at the end of that movie he actually kind of he gained something he gained someone to you know, love and yeah. take care of. Right. And I think that uh, Thor five, uh, she could be a part of it, but I don't think it needs to be like the two of them teamed up throughout the whole movie. I would, I would hate for it to be at the expense of Valkyrie that, yeah. uh, you know, we get a lot of her. Uh, Actually, I, I think, I think uh, I, I love that though. I think that that's a great way to leave the character. If they hadn't set up a Thor five and we maybe never saw him again, uh, I'd be like, all right, well, I guess, you know, he's he's doing the, the Thor dad thing for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it still didn't make me love the title. Uh, the fact no. that, you know, there is that moment when they oh, they said the title in the movie. But I was like, no, that still didn't. Uh, that didn't really.
do it for me. Didn't but help. Uh, Keith's dad really just sums it up. That's what this movie was. Fun. That's all it needs. Yeah. Exactly. It, we and need they, more fun. Why was Peacemaker fun? Uh, good. Because it was fun. Fucking love The Peacemaker. Batman was pretty good. But you know what it wasn't? Fun. It was so, not fun. But yeah. the little emo teenager in me fucking loved it. Emo yeah. teenager in Zia was like, oh my god, yes. This is so dark and brooding. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, this Christian. is what I need to feel. Yeah. Jesus, like, yeah. yeah, man, I could have been the Riddler. <laughs> uh, but I want to bring up, uh, and Eric mentioned this like a good half hour ago. <laughs> I did promise him that I would talk about it, but I love Guns N' Roses and I have for a long time. However, this movie had some of the laziest music licensing I have ever seen in having four Guns N' Roses songs in the movie. Three from Appetite for Destruction. And I actually thought that the usage of like the bridge part of November Rain was cool. However, in the end credits, I said this in the earlier conversation I had, they use Dio, Rainbow in the Dark. Obviously, that's the fucking song you should play when you go yeah, across the Rainbow ob Bridge. Obviously. You have it in the credits. Why, why don't you just go ahead and slide it back there? Yeah, um, I actually do agree pretty hard, heavily with that, but I didn't think about it. That makes sense. Yeah, but I, when it comes down to the idea, you know, look, we've referenced James Gunn a few times. Nobody does better music placement in movies than he does from any anything that I've seen. You know, the Guardians movies, uh, Peacemaker in particular, but also, you know, his other work, Suicide, The Suicide Squad. But this, it was like, Oh, come on. There's other bands that sound like, even if you had been like, okay. They, so my exception is if guns and roses had given you four new songs for your movie, great. Do whatever you want. That's fine. I, that's cool. That hasn't happened in a while, but if that had happened, that would have been perfectly fine. But to use some of the most obvious overplayed hard rock songs of the last 35 years, all in the same movie. Uh, I just shook my head when I was watching it. Now, Zia, I don't think that this bothered you the way it bothered me. No. Yeah. No, it but, didn't. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it's okay. Eric mentioned earlier that he's like, what were they having a 50% off sale? I will tell you that I'm sure they definitely were not. They did not come cheaply. Uh, Guns N' Roses songs are not as expensive as Led Zeppelin songs, which they used in Ragnarok. They used the immigrant song twice. That I allowed because I well, said it when we talked about it song. was the immigrant song was probably really expensive. It's very, it's not cheap to license Led Zeppelin music. So yeah. I was like, you know what? You got to get your money's worth. Go ahead and play it twice. And yes, also it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. This immigrant song. Yeah. A fucking if they great had used song. it again in this one, it would have been fine. You know, I would have been, I would have liked if they would have used Dire Maker at some point in this movie. I feel like there was definitely an opportunity for sure. it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so th did you think about it when you heard like the third Guns N' Roses song in the movie where you're like, well, yes, I did. Okay. I really did. I, it's true. By the time the third one came around, I was like, wow, they're really do using a lot of Guns N' Roses in this movie. I was like, OK, uh, I didn't have a huge problem with it because I, in you know, especially in a small or short movie like that, it's not like they're playing the entire albums or anything. No. So it's I don't mind hearing Guns N' Roses, but they definitely could have. And I love typically James. Taika Waititi does a good job with music too. I, I don't know if it's him or the people that he gets, but whatever, he's yeah. a part of a project. Same with James Gunn. I've discovered music that I didn't even know that I actually like now because of James Gunn, like putting it 
in, yeah. in movies. No, hundred percent. And uh, it 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 didn't make me not enjoy the movie. It yeah. Was just, so, uh, but I, yeah. I understand the critique there. They they did. It was very. It was a lot of Guns and Roses. A lot of Guns and Roses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Zia, I'm glad you took the time to talk about this with us. Um, just a quick blanket statement. Uh, we didn't get to talk to you. I don't think we got to talk to you after Doctor Strange. And if I, if we did, my apologies, I just forgot it. But it was like, I, I saw remember. you when I was in New Jersey and I did an episode of your show, Unqualified Experts. Actually, I was wearing this shirt in that episode, my my Japanese Spider-Man shirt. Um, so people can find that, I assume, on your YouTube. Um, yep. But just a big picture, what did you think of Multiverse of Madness? I liked it. I know a lot of people disliked it. There was, a, yeah, there was some stuff that was not my favorite, but overall I enjoyed it. And America Chavez is is one of those characters that is going to be new and you don't know how it's going to turn out. And, and oftentimes like teenage girl characters can be really fucking annoying. <clears throat> Cloak and dagger. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so you never all but, of the runaways, all of the runaways. Uh, but I thought she was really great and they, they played yeah. her, her well in that movie and I enjoyed it. So yes, overall, I really liked it. I like Doctor Strange just in general. I had rewatched the the first one before we got to this one. And um, I liked a lot of people were pissed off about the whole Wanda thing. But to me, this was sort of there as much as I'd really like it. Christian, you know this if they would do House of M. Yep. But I this know. is sort of their homage to but House of M. You know what you know what you need? Hmm. You need the M to be able to do House of M. I know. I and know. People keep talking about Carl Urban as as Wolverine. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't fucking hate that. I don't hate that at all. He, if we're recasting so him. He's also great in the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek movies as uh, Bones. Uh, yes. You know, I didn't think I was going to like somebody else as that character, but I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, no, that J.J. Abrams Star Trek is so well casted. Yeah. And uh, the, he... Uh, I don't hate that, um, I, but I also it's just like, yeah, but how much money does Hugh Jackman need? Can he just keep playing him? That's fine. I know. Yeah. Just bring him back. Hugh Jackman's too busy fucking making musicals. Yeah. I have a friend who just saw him in The Music Man on Broadway, and I'm like, what? No, he's Wolverine. What's he doing doing The Music Man? But anyway. Is, is that Bree? Is it, is it a mutual friend or? Mm -mm. Different no, okay. I realize now that, yeah, that could have been a mutual friend. Yeah. Could but, have been a mutual uh, friend. I, having lunch with her tomorrow. Oh, whatever. But anyway, uh, House of M, yes, you do need you do need the, the the mutants there. But my point is, is that people are like, I how could they do that to, to WandaVision, this character like they made her evil, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they made her this really tortured character. And for good reason, she lost an entire life yeah. that she thought she was going to have. And this is not a new thing for the character. They've done this sort of stuff in the comics yes. with her. So it's, this is not like out of left field. It's very consistent with the character. And I thought one of the best moments in the movie is when her kids are just like throwing rocks at her. Yeah. Because yes. it's just like, yeah, look what you're doing. They and it, hate I you. think, and that's yeah. At the end, two people are like, you know, it's a similar sort of thing that you say a lot of times when you don't like it, but um, when a, a villain does the right thing, and technically in this movie she is the villain. Yeah. But I really didn't mind the way they did that because I feel like that was sort of the point when she realized, oh my god, look at what I've become. These kids that that I love want nothing to do with me because in her mind these are her children. They want nothing to do with me. Um, my one sort of small qualm, or at least one of the small qualms that I had though, is uh, they had the Scarlet Witch 
obviously the 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 real parents and that the real Scarlet Witch. So the real Wanda. Yeah. Yeah. In that universe that was there did like nothing. There was no epic Wanda battle. She just kind of stood there and like. Yeah, I think that use her it, powers. what, what would have helped is if they had shown that that Wanda was actually much less powerful than this one. You know yeah, what I mean? They're, they're, at least they're, just, You needed like a didn't... little, you need like one beat in the story yeah. where it's like, oh, she's like Jubilee. She can just shoot off fireworks, you know? Right, but she doesn't actually have any real like significant power because they didn't do a lot. And then another interesting thing that, this is sort of just me thinking about it and not really necessarily a complaint, but just kind of was like, oh, all right. Uh, all the Peter Parkers in the different universes are different. And I know that that makes sense because they wanted to bring in, which by the way, that Spider-Man movie is still probably one of my favorites fucking ever. Agreed. Um, they wanted to bring in obviously Andrew Garfield and, and Toby Maguire back in, which I'm so fucking happy they did. Yep. But in all the other multiverses, most of the other characters look the same. They're not different people. They look like the same person. So when you have all the Doctor Stranges, they're all Benedict Cumbersnatch Stranges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of those like rumors was that one of the alternate Doctor Stranges was going to be Tom Cruise, or you know there was a or, they should have done or that Tom Cruise like that. was going to be Tony Stark and another. You know what I mean? That there one was, I heard about. Yeah, that whatever it is, like it would have been cool, but I think that logistically it's it's probably easier. And I think that you only have that in Spider Man because they wanted to bring in those other actors. But I yeah. do agree with you. You it's know. a little, there's just a little bit of discrepancies there yeah. that I was like, all right. And then when they cast, uh, they everybody really wanted to see what's his face is Mr. Fantastic. John so Krasinski, they, yeah. Yeah. So they did that. And then people were like, well, now they're not going to use him again. It's like, all right. So they're going to have all the other characters the same in every universe, but now they're going to have Mr. Fantastic if they bring him back, not be the same guy. Come on. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that what they're doing is that they're keeping it either way. He either could be. Mr. Fantastic, but probably not. They'll probably just cast, you know, four younger actors so that they could have them, you know, make a decade worth of movies, which right, is fine right. with me. I, I guess, but they better cast it well. Yeah, no, I agree. The, yeah, they definitely need they to cast it well. Hardcore in the, the past. The most recent Fantastic Four, there could not have been less chemistry between those four actors. It was uh, so many reasons why that movie was bad. But uh, let's, uh, of course, talk about the one moment in that movie, though, which is the little sting from what they call X-Men 97 as uh, somebody rolls into the scene. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That was pretty fucking cool when he comes in. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, and then Wanda destroys him. And yeah, I just liked the horror elements, though. I liked what I know that it wasn't as horror as some people might have wanted, or perhaps what no, Scott Derrickson but wanted. But when, when, when my wife but... heard that it was a horror movie, uh, or it had horror elements, that's when she's like, Great, I don't need to see it now. And after I saw it, I'm like, Yeah, you, you would be like him being impaled on the fence. That would ruin my wife's day if she saw that. <laughs> so, okay, so she's like not a horror no, fan at all. Not no. at all. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved that. Not to get too, <laughs> yeah, not, right. not 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 to open the behind the curtain too much, but there was a stretch where my wife hadn't worked in a while, and she, her manager asked if she wanted to, you know, uh, meet with somebody for like a, an all out horror show. I don't even know if it ever got made, and she was like, "No, I would rather not work." <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I get it. Nick doesn't watch horror with me either so oh. it's, that's one thing that i do on my own but yeah yeah i like that and i like the way that they had wanda come up behind when they're you know fighting in their minds want to come up behind xavier and 
you know, yeah. pull him like that was that was good. Well, uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was it was good, but that's another one that people decided they had to rag on that movie too. You know, my friend Will Sterling, he walked out of that movie like halfway that's through it. Wild, just, and, and I'm just like, I, I I I saw the trailer for Black Adam. I'm like, good luck getting me to stay in the theater for that movie. <laughs> but I'm so curious to see what Black Adam's actually going to turn I, out to, yeah, to be. I, I I am too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I tell everybody that I think Ms. Marvel is the best of the Marvel shows, but because there are younger characters, uh, I, I think you would have to get through all six of them. And I feel like you would have to, you would end up bailing after the first one, maybe. Yeah. You know? That's uh, why I'm saying that show just isn't for me whenever and, there's stranger things is like one of the very few shows and properties that I've loved with younger. Yeah. Um, well, I'm still halfway through season things. two of that, and it's been so long. I have to actually start season two over of Stranger yeah. Things. So, so season uh, Keith's dad asks, uh, "WandaVision is worth seeing?" Yeah, absolutely. I, was, I think so. I, I, it really helped inform that movie too, uh, Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't blown away by the ending. It doesn't end badly. I just was like, I felt a little bit let down. But no, WandaVision, especially like when it starts, it, it was one of the best things I'd seen that year, you know? So, so just so unique for a Marvel movie. They yeah. do a uh, Marvel movie, Marvel property, Marvel show, whatever. I think yeah. that uh, that it was a very cool break from, especially after just watching everything leading up to Endgame. You get into that and you're like, this is different. This is cool. Yeah. I like this. Well, uh, oh, wait, the, the last other thing. Did you watch uh, Moon Knight at all? Yes, I did. I finished Moon Knight. Did you like Moon Knight? Uh, I liked Oscar Isaac. Yeah, that's what it is. If you take him out of that, that show is unwatchable. It's but so terrible, but he's, he's so, so good. good in it. It doesn't matter. You know, know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's and and yeah. and Ethan Hawke as well was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. It was really Ethan Hawke. Yeah, and and Oscar Isaac, who I will watch in fucking anything. I don't care what it is. I love him so much. Um so much i never i can't like overstate that enough he's also my favorite part of the star wars fucking uh sequels. Dameron, yeah. yeah even yeah. though they wasted his character they definitely Don't wasted get him, me yeah. started on that they wasted finn too by the way i have a real yeah oh yeah i'm not they... gonna start talking about star wars again no oh let's save that let's save that for another time we'll talk star wars uh, uh but some yeah other time the the writing and the story for Moon Knight and just some of the, the some of the stuff they did was kind of cool. I liked that hippo goddess and that the ship. Yeah. And and when they were in in, I guess it was what in his mind when he was like in and out of the mental hospital. Yeah. That was fun. There were like a couple things like that. There I was like, all right, this could have been a good show if they just yeah. wrote it different. Yeah. I there's a like good uh, trade paperback that uh, I talked about on a show I do for Geekscape uh, called uh, the Geekscape Book Club. That uh, it, it the first part of it is called Lunatic. It's uh, that basically that same story from the asylum. Uh, so oh. I recommend that to people. Okay. Um, so if if we're like three episodes into She Hulk and I tell you like you know what? It's really funny. It's really good. You should watch it. Would you watch it? Or you're just like, no, I'm not, I'm not dipping into She-Hulk. Maybe. I don't know. I have zero interest in She-Hulk. The only reason I might watch it is if Daredevil is in it or Matt Murdock is in it, then I might. Yeah. Supposedly he's going to be in the Echo show, which is a spinoff from Hawkeye that both Daredevil and Wilson Fisk will be in Echo. Uh, that's the rumor slash news out there. So we'll see. Well, Zia, I, as always, have uh, taken up more of your time than uh, I planned to, which is uh, really consistent for the number of years that I've known you. You know, this conversation is also 
uh, being part of uh, an episode of the Black Cast. We're almost to 500 episodes of the Black Cast, which will happen uh, basically within the next couple weeks. Can you imagine 500 episodes of I, can, I can't. Im- I can't imagine anyone listening to 500 episodes without killing themselves, really. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> but but what wow, you liked 500. about doing the Black Cast was you always liked Will and Jeff. And I love you, Will and Jeff. You put up with me so that you could talk to the two. So that I could hang out with them. Yeah, that's pretty much all it was. I'd get to hang out and talk to those guys. And then you were there. And I was like, well, it's a necessary evil. It is uh, definitely <laughs> a necessary evil. But uh, that's what I say about the black cast in general. It's a necessary evil. Uh, Keith's dad is going to help me set up your plugs. Does Zia Land have a channel so I can learn why she's giving so much attention to her Pikachu but her penguin is getting the cold shoulder. I know. I feel so bad for my penguin. You know what it is? My penguin is like the ugly kid, you know, and everybody get everybody loves Pikachu and they know who Pikachu is. So Pikachu gets all the attention. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Pikachu. Yeah, people want to see Pikachu. No one ever says anything about the penguin. No one cares no. about the penguin. And so the penguin just gets left over. But you know what? The penguin is softer. Oh, see, good to know. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Sorry, so penguin. If people wanna if people wanna visit Zealand uh online, where are the different places where you can visit Zealand? Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's a Zealand there, X-I-A-L-A-N-D. Um, subscribe on YouTube, on Twitch as well. I stream three days a week on Twitch. I do a snack stream, workout stream, and then we play some games. Tonight is games. And then uh OnlyFans, if there's more stuff you want to see. Uh, subscribe to OnlyFans. It's Zealand there as well. X-I-A-L-A-N-D. And then Twitter and Instagram is Zia underscore land. So, yeah. And, of course, you can be oh, found on the Chip Chipperson podcast. Yes, I can. It's as Eric well. Nagel. Yep. And I have a new podcast. Uh, well, first on Qualified Experts. That's on the YouTube. But I have a new podcast that's going to be I'm working on at the moment. It'll be coming out soon with okay. another uh, adult entertainer. So it'll be fun. Adult entertainer. Well, mm. the uh, uh, Ron Jeremy's in jail, so I guess it's not him. So no, unfortunately, we tried, but the jail was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you can't come in here with podcast equipment." <laughs> You're like, "All right." You're like, "Sorry, Hedgehog, I tried." Uh, well, uh, in any case, uh, it's always uh, wonderful to get a chance to chat with you, and I know uh, that almost everybody likes hearing your take on the latest Marvel stuff. Uh, Ghost wasn't here today, but other than him, uh, I was else... waiting for Ghost Rider to come in and be like, "Blah," but I liked mostly everything, so maybe he wouldn't have. No, he's gonna hear what you said about Ms. Marvel and be like, "I knew I was right." Boo! <laughs> so. Look, I just don't like teenage-based shows. They're always fucking angsty and teenagey and i hate it and i'm always like Ugh. they look they definitely appeal to another audience i think it's they're not it's, for me and that's okay. no it's smart to have those properties but then they're not going to be for everyone so you are yeah. going to lose some people but you're going to bring in some others. other people it's fine as always you can find me on twitter and instagram at christian dmz please subscribe to the black cast youtube channel you'll find the video version of this conversation the earlier part of the conversation with my friend eric connor who i brought to my fancy press screening of thor love and thunder and then also our upcoming black cast 500 where i will be joined by comedian dana carvey for the first time ever on the black cast. So that'll be episode 500 and uh, we will have a full week of shows around that. Uh, our next episode of the black cast will be a couple of uh, roundtable conversations about star Trek, strange new worlds, which is uh, probably the show of the year for me uh, for a franchise that has let me down a lot in recent years. Strange new worlds was fantastic. So I hope people check that out and then see our conversation. That is, 
is all the time we have. And we'll see you next time on the Blackcast. Talking to me, listening to Blackcast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listening to Blackcast. You don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing. Listening to Blackcast. Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listening to Blackcast. On this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listening to Blackcast. Met this girl, she smiled at my face. Blackcast insulated my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listening to Blackcast. Cops knock on the door and listen. Blackcast on, they think I'm Christian. Cops ran off, now I ain't tripping. Listening to Blackcast. My point is, listen to this show. Don't need me to tell you it's dope. Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgo. Listening to Blackcast. Oh yeah, that's the Blackcast. It's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV, that's right. But that guy, Christian, you rock! Alright, several Texas had to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show. <laughs>